Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, this is Alexandria, and I love dystopian fiction! So I'll be covering Black Mirror. I'm Jane Smith, and we're going to be talking about Firefly. Who's excited? And I'm Douglas Gale, co-host of Doug Space Nine, where we talk about Star Trek. I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Thank you so much for joining us for another cosmic adventure. We've got a great show for you today. Alexandria and I are here for the space news. We'll be talking about a new spacesuit for female astronauts. Plus, Doug is here to talk us through year four of the Arrowverse, a massive conversation. I've decided to stop putting out individual episodes for these seasons of the Arrowverse shows and just do each year in one giant episode because we got too much to cover here on the podcast between uh, Black Mirror and Firefly and Doug Space Nine and the Arrowverse. You know, we gotta got to condense. Before we get to that, we've got a new rating on iTunes, or I guess uh, it's called Apple Podcasts. I gotta get that in my head. A new rating on Apple Podcasts. This is actually from our friend Baby Dan, who's been on the show several times. Uh, Jesse is earnest, curious, and kind. Jesse sees sci-fi as a way to look towards humanity's potential and to reflect on the ways we have already improved. If you're feeling bummed out by the world, this pod could be the shot in the arm you need. Dude, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. And while we're speaking of Dan, he's got a new podcast. I know you like podcasts because you're listening to this podcast. So check out Infallible Sports Pals. Uh, it's Dan and his friend Andre, I believe his name is, talking about sports. And, you know, I'm not a sports guy, but they've got great chemistry and are a lot of fun to listen to. So I highly recommend you check it out. So we're up to 19 five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hit 20. So if you haven't left us a review yet, it would mean a lot to me to see more five-star rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts. That always helps out the show. So this week for the Space News, uh, we actually videotaped ourselves recording this conversation so that I could put it up on YouTube. I haven't looked at that footage yet. I just want to get this podcast out. I know it's late in the day on Wednesday, but I wanted to get it out on a Wednesday. Uh, So I'm going to be editing that footage and putting that up on my YouTube channel sometime very soon. So you'll be able to see this conversation. Um, But yeah, it will be a shortened version of this. So this is the full conversation that Alexandra and I had about the new spacesuit designs from NASA. Space news! Alexandra, are you ready for some space news? Space news! <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, this is from space.com. NASA just unveiled the spacesuit to be worn by first woman on the moon. Cool. So, there's never been a woman on the moon. There's never been a woman... I'm sorry, I immediately got skeptical. Is it one of those like latex, really tight on her body type shits? No, no, no. Okay, great. No, like, this it's is actually like, like a spacesuit. Like, yes. That everybody gets to Not wear. a cat suit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't understand why, I mean, the first woman on the moon is significant, but what is the space, why, why are they unveiling the spacesuit as if it's going to be like a different color or like have sequins well, or they... like extra pockets for boobies? Because that's what <laughs> girls have. Like what? NASA often does these, you know, like spacesuit reveal events where whenever they come up with a new oh, spacesuit so design. Okay, so they do that for everybody. This is normal. Okay, yes. okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's, what's abnormal... And also for like my trans and non-binary community people, that was me making fun of them. I don't believe that all women have to have boobies. Continue. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's just look at this article here. So 
NASA on Tuesday, October 15th, unveiled new prototypes of the spacesuits that will be worn by the first woman to walk on the moon. Cool. Uh, and it's I, this really stuck out to me because this is one of those things where like I've just never really thought about the fact that there's never been a woman on the moon. Yeah. And that seems very unfair. Yeah. And kind of ridiculous. And look at that. Look at you. Have never thought about that. Oh, oh isn't that oh, great? Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> it's just one of those ways that, you know, like issues of sexism just kind of permeate our culture yeah. in ways that, you know, a man like me True. doesn't necessarily recognize all of them. Yeah. But when they're pointed out, it's like, shit, that's weird. That's right. Um, like we're just now putting a woman on the moon. Yeah. In an, in an event, I can speak English. In an event at the space agency's headquarters here, here, where's here? Is that Houston or, or Prim, Tr- Primavera? Not Primavera. I don't know. I feel like that's an issue with the writing of this article because it doesn't say where here is. What is the is. name of the city in, in Florida that's not Primavera? Houston? That's the sauce? No, Houston is in Texas. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean Houston is where they do like mission control. Camp Canaveral. Oh, Camp Canaveral. Is that what it is? I think so. In Florida? Yeah, I th- Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I might have. You know what? Now I'm gonna Google that while you keep doing that. Cape Canaveral. Okay, so and basically, I call it Primavera. This is the first close-up look at two next-generation spacesuits designed for the agency's Artemis program, which aims to land the first woman and the next man on the moon by 2024. Cool. Yes, it was Cape Canaveral. And what does it look like? Is there a picture there? Uh, no. <laughs> Of course so not. they just oh, unveiled but will, it, but we don't get to see it. I'll put a picture. I'll find a picture and I'll, I'll put it in the. In so the, I have the to video. wait. Yeah, you have to wait. <laughs> this, I'm just building tension for you. Um, <laughs> okay, this is a quote from NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstein, uh-huh. which sounds like a child's uh, uh, book author. Bridenstein Bears. Maybe that's what. Well, they're the author is not the Bernstein Bears. The <laughs> author was John Bernstein. John Bernstein. <laughs> Um, so this is a quote from, from Jim Bridenstine. He says, ultimately the goal is we're going to Mars and in order to go to Mars, we need to use the moon as a proving ground. So I guess the purpose of this mission is to kind of go to the moon, set up shop, and then think about how do we go to Mars from here? Cool. Which is very exciting. That is exciting. And the, the authors of the Bernstein bears were Jan and Stan Bernstein. Jan and Stan. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. You got those quick Googling thumbs. Because people are watching us now. Because normally, I would like, hold on, hold on, as I Google. And then there's like (laughs) 10 minutes of dead silence on the podcast. So I'm working on it. It is. I've been working on it, y'all. Okay, so cool. You said Bridenstine. Dr. Berenstain. Dr. Berenstain. Is going to get the people. Oh, I do have pictures here. Thank you. Of course, now my phone is frozen. There we go. Um, Okay, so this is interesting. To reach this ambitious objective, NASA knows it needs to update its spacesuits so that people of all shapes, sizes, and genders will be able to fly to and explore the moon, Mars, and beyond. So they're catching up to the times. Yes, and... So the suit that worked for Neil Armstrong, because he was the man that went up there, yeah, yeah? Uh-huh. Back in 1969. We went to the moon in 1969 and 1970, <laughs> but the year sooner. Shout out to anybody who knows that reference. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me that that suit is not unisex. I guess not. That's the thing that I'm learning here. But maybe, oh, well, I guess like penis pockets. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> penis pocket. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
maybe there need to be like extra well I don't know what Neil Armstrong was packing but like maybe some space to hold a penis that won't need to be there or maybe needs to be there be- okay so then I'm just gonna be quiet now but I don't understand why the suit was not unisex in the first place I don't basically either. what I'm saying I actually I don't know if I should be excited that this is happening or offended that it took this long <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah the space like the spacesuit that we use I mean they're they're women astronauts they're Do, all sorts of women right astronauts. I've seen pictures of them yeah like this whole news story is a little confusing because so then I, what were they wearing before I don't know. And there's another news story this week that there's an all-female spacewalk happening. Cool. Where, like, two women are, are, you know, performing repairs on the International Space Station. It's the first time ever that only women have have been out in space. It's always been, you know, either just men or a woman accompanied by a man. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess they're just, you know, upping their game on making this comfortable. And then I did watch a little bit of video that was on the NASA Instagram showing a woman wearing the suit, like bending over and picking up a rock. And um, that's very impressive because these suits are usually so cumbersome that Do actually they normally like... have a man bend over and pick up a rock. Jesse yes, it's Mercury. very impressive because usually it's a man picking up the rock. That's right? not what just I meant. Like, just like just a woman bends over and picks up a rock in an astronaut yeah. suit. Oh, just, oops! My oops, space suit dropped slipped. this rock. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Brian so that's a, but that is a question, though. Were they not able to bend over before? Did they have to squat? That is the question. Did, did they just not pick it up? Did they just drop it and be like, ah, guess it's lost forever? I mean, before now, I think rocks were just out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> just no interest in picking up rocks. No. Um, Christine is wearing a spacesuit that will fill all of our astronaut fill. Fit. Ooh. Let me try that again. Christine is wearing a spacesuit that will fit all of our astronauts when we go to the moon, Bridenstine said. Uh, motioning to Christine Davis, a spacesuit engineer at NASA's Johnson Space Center. That's where it is. NASA's Johnson Space Center. You took a long time, article, to tell Johnson us where we Space are. Johnson Space Center. That's in Cape Canaveral, yeah? Uh, I don't know. She, yes. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's that's the Florida one, I feel like. It Johnson sound, Space Center? That sounds right. That sounds right. Um, the two spacesuit prototypes which NASA showcased are designed for two separate parts of a crewed mission to the moon. One, called the Exploration Extravehicular Mobility Unit. I'm sorry, say that again? Exploration Extravehicular Mobility Unit. <laughs> One more? One more time. Extra. Oh, no! <laughs> I lost it. Uh, we were doing so well. <laughs> Exploration Extravehicular Mobility Unit. Cool. Uh, which was worn by Davis is a red, white, and blue suit designed to the be worn emu. by astronauts exploring the lunar surface. Specifically at the moon's south pole, the target for NASA's next crewed lunar landing. Interesting. The Johnson Space Center is in Houston. You just ABG. Always be Googling. You just on it. Because I have questions and then I want answers. So this is cool. This, uh, I mean, ultimately, this is a really cool thing. Yeah. I think we get more inf- more of the information we want in this article. Um, so they call it the X-Emu suit. See? <laughs> Extra... M- Mehicular, vehicular. I already. I I have to be looking directly at it, or I can't remember what it is. Extremities. Uh, Exploration extravehicular mobility unit. Okay, that's what I heard. Exemu, exemu. From now on. Extra. Have a camera to look at. Curricular. I feel like whenever I want to be really sarcastic, you deadpan it right at the camera. Come on, you better give him face. (laughs) I'm also just making sure it's still recording. I hear you. We're recording two cameras, two microphones. Hello, all of my fans. Um, all three of you. <laughs> Hello, Alexandra's fan. <laughs> Jesse, stop it. You got a girlfriend. Don't you be making love to nobody's camera. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, why do they have the called X-Emu. an Xemu, though? Like, Emu is so much more fun. 
Okay. X emu suit will be the first no, suit. No, you take out the X and you just double the E, the E. See what I'm saying? Emu. Oh, okay. Yes. The X emu suit will be the first suit worn on the moon's surface since NASA's Apollo program sent the last astronauts to the moon in 1972. We haven't been to the moon since 1972. I thought we went in 1969. Well, since 1972. So we went we again? We could have gone in 69 and 72. Did we go twice? I guess so. Did we just not report the second one because the first one was fine? I don't know things. And that's why I always be Googling. <laughs> <laughs> the only knowledge I have is from this article. Um, the suit includes a number of improvements from both the Apollo era suits and the suit worn by astronauts completing spacewalks from the International Space Station. There you go. It's an improved suit. One specific ah. improvement is the sizing and fit, NASA engineers said. The XEMU suit is designed to accommodate a wide variety of sizes, and NASA intends for it to fit better, to be more comfortable, and allow astronauts to move around more easily in the suit. So... We did go to the moon in 1972, but obviously nobody cared because they don't ever report on that. They just report on the 1969 one because it was the first time. Yeah. Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt went in 1972, December 11th, and it was on the Apollo 17. Well, they deserve credit because I've never heard those names before. Shout out to you, Jeannie and Harry. Like, y'all did that. Big ups to you. Are they still alive? They might we're about still to be find alive. out because I'm you know I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, this is fascinating because we're now talking about like SpaceX taking tourists to the moon, which we covered in a previous uh, space news segment on the podcast. So we're gonna jump directly from not having been to the moon since 1972 to William Shatner going to the moon. Probably William Shatner. Uh, wh- going well, I mean, to the moon. hopefully, but hopefully the woman first. But cool, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew uh, Eugene Cernan, uh, rest in peace, because he passed away in 2017. Um, and Harrison Schmidt is still alive, right? Yes, a retired astronaut. He is still alive. Because you know I don't know how to talk and like oh, no, Google at the same you, time. When you Google, we don't see your face in the camera. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I could Google over here and not act like I'm hiding it, like I'm ashamed. <laughs> I gotta do my Googles on the silent, on the on the hidden, so that nobody can tell. Look on this article, I have a an advertisement for Andy's play. Oh, cool! It keeps popping up and everything. But did you here? I wanted to show you the picture. Oh yes, I do want to see that. Um, and, and he I'll, actually I'll, just talked about something. Apollo 17 moonwalker Harrison Schmidt stirs up a buzz with climate change views. I'm was, not clicking it. I'm not clicking it because oh, I don't but, want I don't want to be disappointed. But nope. But you want me to click it? I'm so confused. I'm curious. This. You are? Wait, here. here's the picture. Okay, I'm let me see it. Okay, great. Come over here. Come on over. Come on over, Jesse. Look at that big-ass backpack. Oh, that's why they call it the X-E move, because it's a literal the letter X. Well, you were, X, you didn't, extra, it is an E, because it's extra something. Yeah, but you didn't explain. The Exploration Extravehicular Mobility Unit, and then they just said X, but they didn't use the E there, which would have right. been an E-MU. But you're right. It would make more sense I to stand... Firm. Yes, please have your phone back. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Whoa. Almost fell. Okay. So do you want me to tell you about Harrison Smith's climate views? G- can you sum it up for me in a disappointing nutshell? Absolutely. Give me a second. He questions assertions that industrial emissions are contributing significantly to climate change. Okay, well, we shouldn't have done that. That was disappointing. <laughs> He was, Climate change is real! He was the co-author of an op-ed essay in the Wall Street Journal titled The Phony War Against CO2. What the fuck? 
do do why do people want everyone to die that's my question harrison schmidt this is why we don't talk about your moon landing um there's also some news here about a bright orange pressure suit that will be worn by astronauts when they launch into space on the orion capsule that was that orange suit next to them that's what i was trying to figure out which one we were looking at okay yeah while these improvements will allow astronauts to hopefully work with less discomfort and more mobility, working in a spacesuit designed for extravehicular activity is still a challenge, as it is a pressurized suit in an extreme and difficult environment. Rubens likened a spacewalk to running a marathon. Mm. I was like, wow, that sounds so hard. I'm like, but running a marathon... It sounds really hard to sounds me. Sounds hard, but like picking up a rock in a pressurized suit in space surrounded by death... Probably... I mean, Worse than worse a than running a marathon? Maybe. I think so. Probably. I could probably pick up and run a marathon tomorrow. I'd be hurting. Yes. But I wouldn't be like, you know, all of my bones constricting if I fly out of a suit or something. Right. Yeah, you don't want that. Which is what I imagine happens to you in space. I don't actually know. I've never been. You haven't been to space? I haven't. Well, maybe someday. Maybe on one of those SpaceX. I was about to make a terrible joke about how many men promised me that I'd be... Never mind. But anyway... <laughs> And I'm still on Earth. We're blasting you into orbit. <laughs> it's like Will Smith in that superhero movie. Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. There was like an adults-only version where he had sex with someone, and when he came, she like shot off under the ceiling. I did not see that version. We're cutting that out. Um, <laughs> orange suit for Orion. Okay, here we go. A space suit for all. One major factor of both suits going forward is fit and sizing. These new spacesuits come after what was to be the first... What was to be... Oh, yeah, they canceled and rescheduled it. The first all-female spacewalk was canceled at the International Space Station uh, because of a lack of enough medium spacesuit sizes earlier this year. Hmm. That's interesting. So they, this all-female walk that's happening you know, right around the time that we're recording this was mm-hmm. supposed to happen earlier, but they couldn't because they didn't have the right spacesuits. Right, right, right. So because I guess, they would be wearing the men's sizes, which were... I guess yeah, I, maybe that's a, a big issue is they're too big. Yeah. And like you don't want to be clunking around in a too big space Absolutely. suit when you're, you're running you're a marathon f- or when you're in zero G. Yeah, because if you're floating already in your suit, it's going to be just a mess. Totally. Uh, since Artemis aims to land the first woman on the moon and push forward in space with a diverse team of astronauts, it is imperative that the suits be able to fit properly so that all astronauts can work, work safely and effectively. One of the ways that the spacesuit will tackle this issue is modularity and the sizing of those modular components to be able to mix and match to be able to build up a full suit configuration. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, pop out pieces of the suit and pop in other pieces to make it fit any individual person. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's the gist of this article. I mean, this is exciting news. We're sending women to the moon. Yeah. It's it's about damn time, and their suits are going to fit better. Yeah, it's been 29, 39, 59 years. <laughs> 1970, 80, 90, 2000, 2010, 2020. It'll be 57. 57 50, years. Well, it'll be 2024, so it'll be 50. Oh, so even... It's 52 even longer. years? It'll be, have been 52 years, I think. Since 1972 to 2024. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. I can't do math on the spot. I feel like that's what it is. And that's the space news! Space news! All right, Doug, welcome. Welcome. Uh, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Are you ready? I'm ready. The most intense podcasting... That's ever going to happen? Yes, because we're until Arrowverse year five. Because <laughs> we're going to condense a bunch of things, which is fine. I mean, you, 
it's easy when we're in the early times of the uh, uh, where it's just Arrow, or just Arrow and Flash, yeah, to kind of talk about the the broad strokes of it and then to delve into the details, right? But this, I feel like when we talk about these things, it's not so much specifically like episode by episode have to address everything, and as I keep saying with Arrow. In the Arrowverse in general, all the stuff you like, they do more of, and all the stuff you don't like, they do more of, and it's <laughs> always escalating. So yeah. it's easy for us to kind of rehash ourselves. So I think we can still talk about multiple shows because we've already kind of laid out a lot of the structure and architecture of the Arrowverse and sure. its you know general uh, tropes that it follows. Yeah, I think it. Well, first of all, I don't want to have five episodes in a row about the Arrowverse. That's too much. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. I mean, I, you, your I'm, podcast is space nerds. Yeah. We're stretching it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is an alien main character now yeah. who is from another planet, yeah. which is great yes. for the <laughs> name of the show. Uh, oh, side note. Do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I I did, but I bailed. They're like last two seasons are just straight up sci-fi. That's what I hear that they go yeah. to space. Yeah, but I really started to dislike that show it's around a- the time of uh, when Agent Ward became Hive. Oh, see, that's when I started to really get into that show. You're weird. I I I powered through <laughs> the first season. And I was like, well, I loved the first season. I'm like, this is the show I want, and uh, then they went far away from that. That's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. it was the exact opposite. Yeah, season and- one, I was like, this is like Firefly. I love it, and yeah. then season two is like, this is boring and dark and uh, i don't like it anymore yeah and then i've just become more and more enamored their ghostwriter season is one of the best it's such a good take on ghostwriter doug yes we cannot talk about <laughs> another superhero show right today. so this is my point from is another that, comic from another, book universe right okay so we're going to talk about what is it arrow flash supergirl legends of tomorrow yep is that it yep okay yeah so four whole seasons of television right and there's just I, I don't want to do it separate anymore. It's just too much. Too much, so right. We're just I gonna, just want to talk about all of it All today. of it in general, yeah, yeah, which I think is fair. Yeah, so if you only are here for the Arrow, I'm sorry. You have to listen to the rest of this, too. <laughs> but the Arrow uh, is is all pervasive throughout the, you know. Yeah, totally. And still the best of the shows. I disagree with you, but I know why you feel that way. What? What? Okay, let me rank them real quick. I think sure. season, year, in year four. Oh, in year four. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so it's still not like the best of the shows. Well, yeah. I mean, so far, Arrow's yeah. been my favorite every year, right, but we're only right, right. in year four. So sure. for me, this year, uh, Arrow was my favorite, for sure. Yeah. And then I think, oh, this is where it gets tough. I think I would put Supergirl next. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think then I'd go Flash and then I'd go Legends of Tomorrow. Right. But I really liked Legends of Tomorrow. Right. That's not to say that it's a bad show or So didn't for like me, it. Legends of Tomorrow is my favorite of yeah. this year. Okay. And it's a tough call between that and Arrow because I love this season of Arrow in a way that I think a lot of people, from what I can get a sense of online, do not like. Really? And I like it oh, for I the reasons it. they don't. You know? I loved it. I think it's great. That's interesting. I think it's so good. This, yeah. is, this year is... At the time when I was watching these for the first time through, this is when I was like, I'm sold, hmm. you know, because I st- I told you this. I started watching Arrow when Flash hit Netflix and okay. I was like, oh, I want to watch Flash because I had never been really <laughs> yeah. interested in Arrow, mostly because I had in my head, I had written it off as like, it's going to be one of these hokey Canadian half-ass shows that's like <laughs> not bad, but like, I don't like really want to watch yeah. another comic book property, sure. you know, ruined. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, well, Flash, I don't know. Now that's like, you know, more like metahuman thing, which I really 
really yeah. more enjoy in superheroes. Yeah. So then I watched all of Arrow and I was like, okay, it's not bad. Then I watched Flash and I was into it. And then, I, and of course, I was like, okay, this is good. I can watch this. And then when we got to Legends of Tomorrow, it's like, ah, now they're speaking my language. Now yeah. I'm like, now I'm in. That's so funny because I'm I am the sci the biggest sci fi nerd that right. anyone has ever met. Yes. So I normally like things more the closer they get to pure science fiction sure sure and the arrowverse has been the opposite for me where my favorite of the shows is the least sci-fi show yes which has now gone into magic territory it's the exact opposite yes yeah it's the opposite of science fiction right but it's the most comic book you know if you like comic books i feel like this year gets us really okay we're squarely into wackadoo comic book territory oh absolutely yeah it's comp- wackadoo is a great word for year four mm-hmm. but what i love about arrow is the characters yeah i just really like the characters I, yeah, I love oliver queen i love yeah. felicity it's, smoke i love john diggle everyone hits their stride this season i feel like i, I you know yeah there's people who we've talked about that before that there's people who are kind of annoying like thea gets on your nerves i feel like in the early seasons or ken you know um, i'm like who's ken, ken <laughs> but you meant ken <laughs> She can. Thea she, and Ken drove me Thea crazy in season one. <laughs> no, I always liked Thea, but I, I hated Laurel. You hated Laurel, yeah. But you know what's so funny? I mean, okay, spoiler warning for all of year four of Arrowverse. I'm not going to say it again. Here we go. Uh, so year four is where they kill Laurel. They and kill I, Laurel, right? I knew that Laurel was going to die. Right. I don't remember if I said, I think I said this on the podcast before that I had gotten this spoiler. Right. And I didn't care at the time because I'm like, well, she's my least favorite character who's right. currently on the show because right. they've already killed off my other least favorite characters. Right. But- in season four, I, I could tell that the writers had run out of story momentum for right. Laurel Lance. Right. Because they stopped focusing on her. Yeah. And then I started to like her. <laughs> like, as a secondary character, yes. as the Black Canary, as part of the team that's fighting, and she's finally kind of got her, her sea legs for being a vigilante. Right. She's great as as just one of the team. Yep. I really liked that usage of the character. Yep. But I, I I started to suspect pretty early on in the season, like, they're going to kill her. This is the, yeah. They're out of things to do with her because yeah. they're not focusing on her, so she's going to die. Yep. I could just feel it coming. And death hovers over that season. Right. To the point of, like, I mean, literally, <laughs> Damien Dark's magic is powered by yes, death. Which you was know? so cool yeah. when you learn that. Yeah. And also, they're showing those flash forwards to the funeral, and you're wondering who it's going to be. Like, right. is it Felicity when she right. gets her back injury, and you think that maybe she's died yep. when she gets shot uh, and ends up in a wheelchair for a few episodes? Right. With, uh, Could, so much happens. Let's just uh, yeah. let's go Arrow. Let's, let's go There's deep a on lot, Arrow right is, now. Yeah, Arrow has a lot of plot this season there's a yeah, lot of there's a so lot of stuff that happens yeah i really really liked the overall shape of the plot of this year of arrow mm-hmm. so much me too a little bit less than season three but still quite right. a bit i know you're really enamored with season three i love season three right. i just love the yamashiros yeah i love that whole I, the league of assassins in season yeah, three it is pretty cool really <laughs> did it for me yeah. i mean when you get to the point where oliver's pretending to be bad and yeah. you know then he finally tells Felicity that he's lying, and then they have this night of passion before he goes <laughs> off to become Ra's al Ghul. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm mixing up how things happen in what order. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all pretty confusing. Yeah. But season four uh, was close to that level for me. The yeah. one thing that w- that kind of held this back was that the off um, the, the off story, like this, the on-island story, right? which is usually one of my favorite parts of the show, yeah. was a week for, in season four. Yeah, I liked the island story this time, but it did feel different than some of their other ones. 
almost, I don't want to say it was too tied to it, but it felt like it was written specifically to feed into this. It was, yeah. it was more of a conscious. It was a backstory for the magic idol yes. that, that Damien Dark uses right. when it was found on the, on the island by Oliver Queen. And there's this evil military guy who's trying to get its power. And he's working with this woman, Diana, who I'm like, I know it's not Wonder Woman, right. but that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been cool. Uh, and then she gets the power of the idol and he has to kill her right. to, because she's going past power hungry and right it was interesting and i love ryan robbins who played um the the guy who forced diana's brother to try to kill Oliver. oh right the evil southern guy yeah he's the, like the he, go-to he, canadian actor oh, to do a like fantastic actor. whenever you need like an evil guy well i usually see him in stargate stuff where he plays good guys oh really yeah i've only ever so seen him, good in i've only ever seen him play like evil like evil hicks evil mercenaries you know yeah that's he's funny. got that this, southern you know yeah this was out of character for what i've seen him play and he did great but he wasn't a likable character he, yeah but i was like, still really happy to see him working because i want him to get all the work because yes. i love watching it him is, act. he does a good job of being that unlikable character you know yeah what was that uh conklin conklin right right right, right. yeah Ryder is the uh the guy who's in charge he's trying to get the the magic power he's a great actor too he's also a very good actor yeah Yeah, and there was nothing bad about this but when you contrast it with like the adventure in hong kong in year three yeah it was definitely a step back and i think you're right that it it's only function story-wise was to kind of set up the stakes of what's happening with with damien dark and his magic right but that story was Awesome! It was really it good. It was awesome when yeah. Felicity Smoke is diverting a nuclear bomb and accidentally blows up another town, but right. it's a win because it didn't hit like a, ma- many people. a made-up metropolis right. that we'd never heard of before. So this is—I don't remember the name. It was like like what was the name of that fake city? It was like Big City or Rock like, Haven. I, oh, that's the small one. Oh, okay. The one that they diverted the missile from. Oh, I don't remember. It was a hilarious name for a big city. <laughs> when you watch that show, guys, look out for that. But um. It's so funny this season. There's so many fake cities. There's like, uh, but that's super DC. Well, what? Okay, what are the fake cities? Bloodhaven, there's Bloodhaven, Coast Star, City, Coast City, Star City, right? Central Previously City, Starling, that now renamed Star City, which I love. Yeah, kind of in honor of Ray Palmer's supposed death. Well, and also because they originally changed it to Starling to make it not sound so comic booky, and then <laughs> the show's going on and like you know what? Let's just go ahead and lean in to comic booky. So they changed it to what it should have been from the get go. Oh, that's funny. But I, yes, in universe in honor of Ray Palmer. I, to me, it felt like how they, you know, the, the arrow is now the green arrow. It's right. like they, they know where they want to go and then they go backwards a few seasons from right. when they want to get there and build to it. Yeah. And that's just good storytelling in a show like this. Yeah. And Star City felt much like that to me where it's like, well, we know we're going to get to Star City eventually, but let's just call it Starling Stars, for now. Yep. Um, Hub City. Hub City, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's That was another one. And then Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Which cracked me up. It's the only real city. So far, yeah. Uh, but that's where, um, uh, what's her name is from? Vixen. Vixen, yeah. And I did go back and watch the Vixen comics before she showed up mm. in season four of Arrow. Right. And I'm so glad I did. Or not the comics, the cartoon. The cartoon, yeah. Yeah, which was like moderately enjoyable. And yeah. I was like glad I watched it. And it's got the same actors playing their characters, the right. voices of their characters. Right. And it also gives you that like, hey, there is magic in this world, you uh-huh. know. 
Yeah, and some good backstory for Vixen when she finally shows up. Yep. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. and But I just loved how the Damien Dark story wrapped up yeah. with him creating this underground bunker where they were going to live out the apocalypse. Right, he was going to suck up all the death magic. Uh-huh. Yeah, but right, he was going to kill the entire world and suck up all the death magic from all those deaths to become as powerful as possible. Right, a god, basically. Right. And then start over this new society built underneath star city yes that's almost like a stepford kind of yeah. situation because people are also drugged, drugged into compliance yes i loved it yeah that's- it's it's because it's it's it takes the undertaking and is like that's a cute idea uh, that's adorable but what Malcolm if Merlin. what if the undertaking but more yeah and this again is what i keep saying you watch season one of arrow and then you're like yep everything eventually gets escalated for good or for ill yeah. to extreme positions. And that's yeah. what, this is the extreme version. When we watch the first season, you're like, you know, wow, I really like how they had one of the bombs, the fail safe go off. And uh-huh. so like uh-huh. the heroes fail. And there's a bunch of death. I was like, Oh, you just oh, wait. Get ready. I, when that, when that nuclear bomb hit that city, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course I don't want, right. bom- this is, this is in a fictional universe. I'm not advocating bomb violence, but <laughs> for the, for the writers to be brave enough to actually yeah. blow up an entire town and right. have, have the lead character in Felicity be kind of indirectly Feel, responsible. Right right, 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 right. And have that guilt kind of drive her, you know, it doesn't go uh, away right away. Sh- yeah, totally. Yeah. Have drive her for the rest of the season. Yep. And what's oh man, what is his name? The the new uh, her assistant guy at Smoke oh, Industries. Yes. Curtis? Uh, Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. I love Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. him so much. Can- I, I know he's just like a reskin Felicity, but well, he's great. No. Curtis is a DC character. I just mean like personality wise. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like he's the the quirky nerd who Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's like awkward. really energetic, awkward, right. speaks very quickly. Right. Except he's like athletic you know he's a little bit yeah no he's he's like a a five gold medal olympian he is they mentioned it a couple times oh i totally missed that yeah and then there's a couple times where it's like how'd you do and then he's like olympic athlete remember like it's i do i missed that entirely uh, i'm i have no idea how i missed if you know (laughs) who he becomes or who he represents from the comics i don't want to know don't tell me yeah but i'm just saying like it's more there's so much that I've talked about this before. They bring people in and then yeah. they drop all kinds of hints. If you know what's going to happen because you are familiar with the name of the character. Right. Or you've seen the show before. Right. Uh, then those things are like signals of like, oh, yep, 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 yep. So right. them hitting his Olympic athlete skills is something that I might not have picked on when I first watched it. But now it's like, oh, right. He does do some stuff that they're like, then they mentioned that he's won a bunch of gold medals. That's so funny. I yeah. totally missed that. Yeah. But I was, was re- just imagining him like a typical nerd, just, you know, Netflix and chilling. Yeah. Yeah. And w- also interesting, uh, the uh, gay uh, black character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Arrow, which has from season one through has been a fairly white heavy cast you know sure uh now like this you, actually all of the shows this season i think diversity starts to uh, actually f- flower and fi- find root and flower in the arrowverse i agree and what we talked about in flash how they've never mentioned race they did a much better job in season two of flash yeah going as far to say that when barry was a kid they called him the white shadow yeah which i love yeah like what yeah. a great little detail but like that's the type of stuff i need to kind of ground the reality absolutely and it's something to switch gears a little bit that still arrow has not and i don't think ever does address like that is almost like 
race does not exist as portrayed by the characters in that world. Uh-huh. Little little things like Diggle every once in a while we said before would mention like, yes, I'm going undercover as the black guy to buy drugs or right. I'm the black guy who's I'm the black driver. Driver, right. Yeah. But beyond that, there's no addressing even a, a little bit they start to talk about like the wealth and privilege of Oliver but that is still mostly specific to like you're still an asshole you know? <laughs> yeah but then like Supergirl they explicitly it is like front and center talked about uh uh the issues of of um being a black man in society by Jimmy Olsen who mm-hmm. is cast as a black man and then right. you know the the um, Legends of Tomorrow, they address it when they have uh, Jax, uh, when he's goes back in time to the 50s, uh-huh. and then he's confronted, like you actually have racism in a character uh, uh, dealing with that in, in the universe portrayed on screen. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting change for the Arrowverse as well. Yeah, and I think an, an, a necessary change, because, you know, the reason that I care about this is that if you're going to have a platform, you should try to do some good with the platform. And if you have something like the CW Arrowverse that is massive at this point, right. and, and like you have a platform to try to get across to people who don't understand the dangers and the the problems of race that we face with racism in right. our current society, yeah. then I feel like you're kind of... Um, I, I like missing something that you could be or should be doing. Yeah, you, you have know? an opportunity that you're not taking. Right, totally. Yeah. And I I do appreciate how they started taking some swings this year. And so Arrow never, like I said, it never really takes that swing. But what it does do is it starts to try to diversify. It starts yeah. to pick through DC canon. Like it doesn't have to just be all white people in these roles, you know, in, yeah. in these characters. Yeah, and Flash definitely did that as well with Joe and Iris West. Well, Flash is great because in, they just are like, okay, these people are black now. Like, right. End of story. Right. <laughs> but what what bothered me about that was that they, the characters didn't seem to know that they were black. Right, didn't change. And, but right. then in season two, it felt like they knew they were black, finally. Right, and, but even then, it's still, it's still oblique. It's not, it's like, oh, yes, it is different that a black family adopted this white kid and then they move on. Like, yeah. you don't hear anything about like, and then uh, as we're jumping ship a little bit into Flash, we get to see uh, his uh, brother or, you know, adopted brother, basically. Wally. Yeah. Joe's biological son. Yeah. Where we've got to see Flash's biological father and that kind of father, father, you know, man with two fathers. Now Joe is the man with two sons. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, you know, so anyway, just to wrap up that oh, race sure. thing, yes. I do feel like they started to tell stories that were a little more relevant to um, the racial issues that we have in our current society. Yes. And the the casting was a little better, but I will say that Legends of Tomorrow, for like an eight-person main cast, to have six white people oh, and two people of color and yes. like no one from anywhere else yes. really bothered me. Yeah. Because like... Pe- People of color are not just black. They are also, you know, Asian, Latino. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, there's yeah. just no one, no one yes. of any any other race on the show. And it bothers me. It's like, we don't need to have, you know, 75% white main characters yeah, on ab- this big, massive show. 100%, yeah. And, and that, that was something that... Um, I, let's just bounce all over the place. Fuck uh, it. Why that's not? What, well, that's, that's something we, that bothered me about. We said we were going to bounce all over. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to focus on anything. Let's right. just go. <laughs> um, that did bother me all throughout season one of Legends of Tomorrow. I think right. that was my main criticism of that show, or my main issue with it, is that I didn't feel that connected to the cast in right. general. Um, just because I was a little disappointed with you know how homogenous the cast was. Right. And even though you've got Ray Palmer, who I love, and you've got Sarah Lance, who I love, 
they kind of felt like background characters. Yes. This season, I and they really focused on um, what's his name? Hawkman, Hawkwoman. Well, no, Vandal Savage. Uh, sure. Well, Vandal Savage was or Rip. Rip, yeah, yeah Rip, Rip Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Played by Arthur Darville, which yes. is like okay. He was a companion on Doctor Who. Right. He was it's Rory real on special Doctor casting. Who. And then he becomes a time master, which yeah. is basically a time lord, right. flying around in, a, in this like time ship that is basically a TARDIS. Right. So he basically upgraded to time lord yeah. on Doctor Who. It's pretty good, which I which I loved, and he was really really good in the yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of epitomized something that that kind of infected all of Arrowverse Year Four, which was this like kind of grim self-pity sure that really really grated I'm on me I'm a driven person with a yeah. purpose and I'm gonna do this and it's gonna hurt people uh, I gotta do it yeah and like just feeling down on yourself and right. bad about yourself while doing it yeah. and Barry Allen suffered from that yeah very <laughs> explicitly Barry Allen is the most emo yeah. hero of the Arrowverse yeah you know? and that really kind of brought me down a little as well yeah because I, I love the dichotomy of the Flash, where he's this like really upbeat guy. Yes, who uh, in is broad just, strokes that show versus like Arrow, or just like in the comics, that character in general yes. is like a really upbeat dude. Yeah, like Spider-Man, who has he's goofy this, and fun. Yeah, he's goofy and fun, but he has this like dark side of like, am I anything without my powers? Like that's right. definitely from the comic books. Yep, and they go into that this season on the show. Um, but I feel like to have him be so mopey all the time kind of breaks that a yeah. little bit. It's my and least favorite aspect of The Flash is the emotional stuff gets a little like, I don't know, it, it feels almost too much. It's like it's it's not grounded well. Yeah. It's it's it doesn't feel like it comes from a, an honest place and then is just like super extra. Yeah. It's just the way like Barry is extra in the sense that he has superpowers. It's also like with great powers come great emotions. <laughs> with great powers comes great emo. Great emo. Yeah. But and then everyone in the Flash is like that. You know, it's the yeah. kind of thing it small slights can wind up being like super like I can't believe this is going on and yeah. why isn't Barry talking to me about this kind of thing yeah know? it was a little soap opera it's very yes 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 yeah. and, and they've always been that way it's but always been that way Oliver yeah. Queen being that way works for me because he's this like cold-hearted killer who's trying to find <laughs> himself and I don't know but I feel like they've gone too far with it on the flash yes and that kind of brought that season experience down a little bit for me yep but I did love that they kind of addressed that. They talk about the fact that that's happening. Yes, yes. Uh, explicitly in the episode directed by Kevin Smith, right. where he goes into the Speed Force, which was by far my favorite episode that's of the season. That's a really interesting episode. Great yeah. episode. And that's the reason I started watching The Flash is... Right. Uh, well, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, one of which being you kind of pressuring me for a while. Yes. <laughs> because you're like, you're going to like this. But I listen to a lot of Kevin Smith podcasts, and I've heard him talking about making the Flash episodes, and it just sounded so interesting. It just right. made me want to watch it. And that's the episode where the Speed Force, this is a, one of the other low-key themes of this uh, year, is basically like, oh, Speed Force is a magic thing. You know, Speed Force is like uh, uh, science magic, speed magic. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's as, uh, like, as magical as the Force in Star Wars, you yeah, know, which yeah, I like. I always like that kind of thing. Right. It's generally treated as pseudo-y science yeah, in, in, in the earlier show. seasons. And this one is like, oh, no, it is straight up spooky with, like, it's good yeah. conscious and it can talk to you and it has wants, maybe? Yeah. Well, I like the idea that there's this, like, cosmic energy that yeah. is on Barry's side. I think that that's kind of a compelling 
narrative. I find it fascinating that you take something of like, hey, you know what would be cool is someone who could run really fast. Like, that's your base level superhero. Like, what if you could run really fast? And then they're like, yeah, but what if it was like a whole fucking dimension (laughs) and there's like all these people who can run fast? It's crazy to me that you could just take that. Like, is it like, oh, what if this guy could fly? And it's like, yeah, but what if flying was everything? Right, totally. You know, it's bananas, and I love it. Yeah, I love what it. if every problem could be solved by running really fast? Running really <laughs> fast, right. And all these powers could come about it, and then there yeah. was all these people that did it, and then yeah, it's fun. run I'm, between universes. Right. Yeah, and it gets, like, more and more batshit crazy. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I did suffer from this at the end of last season, how, like, killing... Uh, what's his name? Killing Eobard Thawne in their right. no, no, killing Eddie Thawne in their present would stop Eobard Thawne from ever existing, right? Which kind of seems to contradict other stuff they're telling you Absolutely. about time travel. Absolutely. Uh, and then this season, you know, kind of doubled down on a lot of that. Yep. And I just had to turn off the part of my brain. That I cared. told you that don't ever try to make yeah. sense of it because it, contra- it that was the thing I said to you. Not only does it contradict it in the Arrowverse or in a show <laughs> or, or in, in a, a season, season episode, episode by episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. And. You know, that's another thing that kind of, you know, detracted from my enjoyment of The Flash. Right. And I think we'll obviously continue to do so. Right. But I'm starting to get to the point with the show where I like the characters enough to kind of ignore that. Yes. Um, which is important to me to want to continue to watch the show. Yes. But I think, I, I will say that I did not like the arc of season two of The Flash. Of Flash? Yeah. I mean, I just loved when Zoom was introduced. Right. Like, yeah, that yeah. is a crazy, creepy character. Yeah. Voiced by the Candyman himself. Right. Oh, my God. I forgot. Kern. Uh, yeah, Kern. <laughs> Shit, what's his name? I know this guy's I name. I know his name. Uh, my brain just but doesn't yeah, work He's the like the go-to to. evil voice. Um, oh, my God. I have to remember his name. <gasps> Shit. Hold on. Pause and save. I'm going to look up his name. Okay, we're back. I looked it up. It's Tony Todd. Tony Todd. <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed that I can remember. I, I walk around with Tony Todd's name in my mind most days, and the day I needed it, it's mm-hmm. not there. Yeah, but I, I said to I you- I saw you, right. and we, we talked about this. <laughs> I, and, I was just like, oh, it's Kern, and you're like, Tony Todd, right away. Yeah, no, when I saw you like a couple weeks ago, I knew it. You were, you were mad was, that he wasn't played by Tony Todd. I was so mad. I was like, Why? You've yeah. got Tony Todd. Yeah. Tony fucking Todd is Zoom. Yeah. And then to, like, you rip off his mask and wah, wah. Wah, wah. It's Jay. It's Jay Spoiler Garrick. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, it's not even Jay Garrick. Yeah. But it's this guy, Hunter Zolomon. Hunter Zolomon, right. Who's pretending to be Jay Garrick. Right. And that, I just couldn't, I just couldn't with that story. I yeah. I really liked Jay Garrick for the first half of the season. Yeah, but that's I don't know. I think that's interesting. I think that's the point. Well, I just didn't buy him as Zoom. Like I I didn't buy it. It didn't seem real to me that yeah. this guy who had been pretending to be Jay Garrick is actually Zoom and is actually evil this whole time and right. It's interesting when you com- re- when you re- rewatching it knowing like uh-huh. oh, as soon as he shows up, that's what's going down is like right. it's this evil piece of shit. Right. Because they don't do any there's only only towards the end do they even give you little hints like oh maybe this guy's kind of a dick but he is played straight up as a hero right with no questions out of the gate right even then like and no foreshadowing the way no foreshadowing they, no like, drop the hints. end of every episode of season one after the the yeah. flash logo would go up on screen then uh right. Harrison, Harrison Wells, Wells would up and stand walk. up and walk somewhere, somewhere. every episode I'm like, just to I brush love his it. teeth I love it I just keep doing it every yeah. episode uh, but I, I for me that they played it too straight and yes. also I don't feel like the actors sold that 
transition very well and on top yeah. of that i feel like the transition wasn't written well so it's probably not the actor's fault yeah where then all of a sudden he's like had this electroshock therapy in his past and he's having these horrible visions of his electroshock therapy I'm like, I, I, that's just such a played out trope and right but those I just are didn't i didn't care for that this is true to the comic book uh, you know. Well, you don't have to be true to the comic. No, book. no, no. But I'm they saying, choose not to be so often. Right? They pick. And I don't choose. feel like retelling a story that has lost its cultural significance. I don't think it's a good excuse to say, "Well, that's how it was in the source material." I yeah. think we're beyond that. Yo, you know? No, I agree with you. I'm just pointing yeah. out, like this is, you know, part. It's not that they invented it for this. Sure. You know, that they are still sure. Just like the the. I think we talked about this that in Flash they have the cosmic treadmill, uh-huh. and that's how they travel through time in other dimensions, and they yeah. don't include that in the show because that would be hokey as shit. Well, I wouldn't mind if they did. I like the. <laughs> I mean, from reading some Flash comics, I love the cosmic treadmill. I think that it's great. Uh, I read this story with Flash and uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Booster Gold. Oh, Booster Gold, yeah. If Booster Gold doesn't show up in the Arrowverse, I'll be disappointed because I actually looked up Rip Hunter because I'm like, is he like, He's he reminds there. me of, of Booster Gold. And Rip Hunter is Booster Gold's son in right, the comic Right, right, right. That's a, like a, a recent kind of, well, you know, past decade or two okay. thing. But I love Booster Gold. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle were some of my favorite DC characters because one in that I had for DC was this, uh, what was it called? Justice League International, uh-huh. which I was like, oh, this, this, I got it because I like the artist. The artist, I forget what his name is. It's like uh, JK, GK Giffen or Geffen or something. Okay. But he wrote a comic book that I'm getting into real deep nerd sideline here. He wrote and drew a character called Ambush Bug in the <laughs> DC universe who was basically the Deadpool before Deadpool existed. So Ambush Bug was, I want to say, like maybe 80s, you know, 80s DC. And he was a originally just like a joke character. Like, oh, this is a funny character. And then they kept doing stories about him. Then eventually he became a meta character who was aware that he was in a comic book. And so oh, cool. would play with the tropes of like... Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, like so Deadpool. He, he, yeah. right, so he knows all wall. about this, right? And he yeah. used to torture Superman... Uh, because, and also like he knew everything about Superman because he knew Superman was in a comic book, you know? <laughs> cool. Um, and I just really love that kind of meta thing. And yeah. he was like a crazy character. So anyways, the artist writer of Ambush Bug had, was, was, I think maybe, was he writing and drawing? I don't know, but he was associated with Justice League International. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm really, I want to see what this is. And it was great. Cause it's like, it's like a low key comedy superhero um justice league you know that's that's the that comic series is where they first introduced this guy gardner green uh green lantern (laughs) who's just like a dick i yeah he's such a dick and there's a great like it takes there's like a build-up of like issues and issues of guy gardner until finally batman just punches him in the face and knocks him out yeah because guy gardner was always like threatening batman and like they were like going at it batman's like no, I'm not going to do anything. And then finally, Guy Gardner's like, let's fight. And then Batman's like, yeah, take off the ring and we'll fight. And Guy Gardner takes off the ring and Batman just <laughs> fucking knocks his ass out. <laughs> it's hilarious. So anyways, yeah. um, Booster Gold and Guy Gardner, I mean, Booster Gold and Blue, Blue Beetle, Beetle yeah. were in that. Just, that's where I okay. ran into that character. And then also Max Lord. 
uh, oh, from, from Supergirl. Supergirl. Max Lord was part of this Justice League International as he was the sponsor huh. of the Justice League International. And then it turned out like he was not authorized to do it. He was just, you know, a rich person who was like, I'm going to buy my own superhero team wow. and call it the Justice League International. Cool. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> Interesting. I love Booster Gold. Yeah. He's just like an arrogant asshole, rich kid from the future. Yeah. Like rich kid from the future who, who uh, just wants to be famous more than anything. Yep. And ends up being heroic sometimes. Right. Because, right. because he wants to look good, not because he's a true hero. And you could easily do Booster Gold in like Legends of Tomorrow, which has sure. time travel stuff. You know? I, I would have, you know, if I were making Legends of Tomorrow, I probably would have made Booster Gold the Rip Hunter character. Ah, yeah, I have a, I, I'm torn on that. I'm torn on that. Yeah. Because I do like that Rip Hunter has that, like, specific motivation of his family. Yeah. You know, that is an interesting... It'd be... Booster Gold can't be, like, the leader. He's got to be, like, an ancillary person. Yeah, I mean, arguably, Rip Hunter shouldn't be a leader either. Well, and he winds <laughs> up not being the leader, you know? Well, who would you say is the leader? Well, I know who is the leader because I've seen the show. Oh, you mean in the future of the show? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in season one, I'd say he was definitely the leader pretty right. much the whole time. I And I, you know, I I liked Legends of Tomorrow a lot. There was some individual episodes that I really enjoyed. But right. to me, the overall story arc did not have that much momentum, if uh, that makes sense. I see. I, I loved Vandal Savage as a villain. I love the idea of people who can jump through time fighting person who can't die so he's going through time the slow route you yeah know? i do like that idea a lot um but the, again they just contradicted themselves with how the mechanics of it oh, were have to let go so of many times time travel right totally and by the end of the season i actually was not super invested in what was happening because uh, it was so nonsensical right so for me that show lacked a grounding factor to like really make me care about what was happening um and I really liked when they went to the vanishing point. Yes. Like when they go to, and when you find out that the Time Lords or the Time Masters are They're really actually the in league with Vandal Savage because yeah. he, he owns everything in the entire universe up into the future of the, that Rip Hunter comes from that he didn't even know. And, right. Well, like, and that and was the, great stuff. And that Rip Hunter wants to stop Vandal Savage from destroying the Earth. Well, not destroying it, but taking over the Earth and killing a bunch of people. Yeah. But then the Time Masters was like, yeah, but then in like however many years, an alien invasion force comes. Uh-huh. And if Vandal Savage is not here, they kill everyone. Right. So Vandal yeah. Savage kills a lot of people, but then he makes it right. so they don't kill everyone. Which was a really cool concept. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I really liked that. And to me, the season kind of um, pinnacled. But but that wasn't the last episode of the season. No, right. And the last episode was them kind of fighting Vandal Savage in three different time points at yes. the same time. Yes, which also makes zero makes sense. no sense. The more you think about the mechanics of that show, the, the less sense it makes. Right. So you just have to go, okay. That's like if someone was like, you know what we need to do? We need to put on these skis and ski down a time slope. It'd be like, cool. I'm on. I'm yep. in for the time slope. <laughs> but so they they try to they try to say that time is flexible and right. that t- time takes time to harden right so i want some things to happen right so if you like for example if you pull out all of the younger versions of the main cast right pull them out of their time and they're put protected them, uh, protect them at Rip right. Hunt, and what's Rip happening Hunter's mom's house the timeline is getting all fucked up now yeah because all kinds of things are no longer making sense like all of arrow won't work because they've pulled out ray and sarah you know what i mean right so all kinds of stuff there aren't going to work but as long as we get them back before too long that settles before back time down. hardens yeah then it'll go back to normal yeah 
So that's kind of their get out of jail free card. Absolutely. And they tr- they use that a lot. They get out of and jail a lot. <laughs> and I kind of like that as a concept that like, you can't change time right. unless you really want, unless you really try. Unless really the hard. writers really need you to be able to. Right. But, the, but then constantly they're accidentally changing time in ways they didn't intend to and right. causing more problems. Oh, yeah. Um, and Vandal Savage remembers everything that ever happened to right. him. He doesn't seem to be no matter by what. timeline changes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, th- so the whole thing just kind of fell apart yeah thematically for me yeah um and the other thing i will say is that they also don't I, address the thangarians coming to destroy earth oh sure yeah that's just like, like on yeah, the table whatever. And like, that's maybe it'll happen the yeah. who gives a shit yeah i mean if vandal savage is not the unifying force of earth then all humanity will be destroyed nah, right i'd rather save my family <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. um so the, the, the plot just didn't hold together for me yeah and when that happens when i'm watching a show i can still enjoy myself if the character interactions are strong if the adventure of it is exciting yeah if there are huge concepts in it that make my mind go huh that's interesting right and this had some of that it, it definitely had some of that and enough most... to like get me through but sure. i was fatigued at it's, the end of it's the, the season. most science fiction well it's also the least science fiction it's no the they most... have a spaceship that goes into space and time it's it's more it's definitely more like science fantasy than than science fiction well, you sure, know? sure 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 it's like it's doctor who science fiction yeah but I, even doctor who i think does a much better job of of like setting rules and sticking by them which i think is kind of necessary hmm. in science fiction i would strongly disagree about doctor who setting <laughs> rules and sticking by them it does what it commits all the same crimes i think that's Legends true tomorrow does no, I think except right. like but, but stretched out slower over a long period of yes time. Legends of tomorrow's is just like let's just make shit up now and let's just change it right. halfway through the episode i think doctor who makes more of an attempt to make it seem like they're being consistent yeah which i don't and, buy for a second which is why i love legends of tomorrow because yeah. it basically is like yeah this doesn't make any sense sure and they get more self-aware of that as time goes on yeah. part of the thing is that i think i love legends tomorrow for what it becomes yeah so i wind up liking this season more than i might have the first go round. i can totally barely remember what i thought of the first season when i first saw it yeah know? and i hope that happens for me i mean that's it like the, the next i can the next generation us- effect you watch season one and two and next generation i'm like i love this even though it's kind right, of bizarre really bad their but, first two seasons are really bad i i i still loved it i yeah. and even like deep space nine season one i still really enjoyed when we talked about that yeah but, it's that's a that's a decent first season you know what's fun so on this podcast feed i just put out the first episode of doug space nine oh, yeah, yeah, last yeah. week yeah and i've never revisited it like right. we streamed it and then i walked away from it forever but i re-listened to it and i really enjoyed it oh, it was good. really fun yeah, we did a good job um we create good content baby <laughs> but yeah it was it'll be interesting to kind of release those right. episodes from the past in this current podcast yeah. feed but yeah. i don't it know fits. i'm i'm doing it and i'm enjoying it so yeah. there there you go but anyway um yeah i mean i hope that that happens for me with legends of tomorrow yeah we'll see i i can also picture us diverging strongly here that as we go yeah. into year five six seven that you're like ugh. I do not like Legends of Tomorrow. I yeah. hope it doesn't. I hope that you enjoy it for the same reasons I do. I hope so. I mean, like I loved Stargate, and it did not take itself seriously. And the less it took itself seriously, the better the show became. Oh, I think you're gonna like it then, because they get I hope they get, so. they get goofier. And I goofier. love goofy, goofy sci-fi adventure stuff where they yep. wink and nod. Yeah, um, I feel like the next few seasons of Legends of Tomorrow basically like do more of the stuff I like and less of the stuff I don't. Okay, good. Yeah, that's what I would hope for. So before Legends of Tomorrow started, because there's like 
a few less episodes of that show than the other shows, like 16 versus 23. And that, that's consistent as time goes on. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, I think I think that show is just so much. I mean, yeah. it's a lot more effect heavy. There's so many more characters. Yeah. There's so it's so busy. And it's not the kind of that's Legends of Tomorrow is not the kind of show you can like stretch and pad out. Like I love Arrow, but Arrow you can kind of stretch and pad out a little bit, I think. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, they set up Legends of Tomorrow across the other Arrow across shows all of them, yeah. Before getting to it proper. Yeah. With uh starting by bringing Sarah Lance back from the dead right. by putting which I always thought that she was still alive, but she was dead. She was dead, buried. I was wrong. She was dead and buried. Buried. They put her in the Lazarus pit. And bring her back to life, and then destroy the Lazarus Pit. Yeah, because which worked for me. They have to I close like that because otherwise you got to close like, it. You can't right. just say you can't just uh, you can't cure death like they did with the Tribbles and and Star Trek Into Darkness. Like that's bullshit. Right. You but, know. But they do an interesting. They address it in an interesting way by having um, Quentin Lance after spoiler alert Laurel dies. Right, where he goes kind of a little crazy, and right. he's like. Okay, okay, guys. Okay, guys. What do we got to do? Right. What do we got to do to bring her back to life? We're going right. to do the thing. I loved it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense because he's seen this happen now right. a lot. Once you've cured death, you really fuck things up. Right. And, and they address that. Like, yep. they address that in the show. So that works for me. I, oh, I hate when they randomly bring characters back in ways that seems like they could just bring anyone back to life forever. And then they don't address then it they, ever again. And then someone else dies and they don't do it. I'm like, right. that was stupid. That's hokey, yeah. Yeah, but the way they brought in John Constantine to put yes. Sarah's soul back in her body yeah. was excellent. And it's I love John Constantine. That actor's I, so good he's in that so part. He's so good. Yeah. I, I could see watching the NBC version and then being like, eh. Yeah. You know, but... Did this, you get through that? No, I still haven't. Okay. Um, but this version of him is so much better than that version, even though it's the same actor right. doing the same character. Right. It fits now. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it just goes to show you how important writing is. Yeah. Like, the writing's just really solid. And also, this is the thing that I didn't address with you when you had started to watch the Constantine. We talked about it, and you're like, yeah, I don't like how they take, like... It's like biblical yeah, magic right. that is completely stripped out of this version yes. of Constantine. Oh, it helps so much. It's superhero magic. It know? helps so much. Yeah. It really makes it feel like it fits. Yeah. And it I doesn't it have lot. like this air of pretension yeah. the way that other, you know. Yeah. I was a little confused about like they they brought Sarah's soul back to her body. Did that cure her bloodlust? Because it's, then Thea still has this bloodlust. Thea still has a bloodlust. Sarah, it, I think it's more of like a low-key sh- anger management issue. I mean, she's killing people constantly, so maybe it just doesn't become right. an issue. Right. And, but, or but, is it just like that's, the, you know, every every problem. when What is it? the When all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So <laughs> that's what Sarah... <laughs> Sarah has a knife, and so every problem looks like a, you know, soft spot to cut. Yeah, Sarah's got bloodlust, and the cure is killing people, so she's fine. <laughs> she's just going to kill people. <laughs> so yeah. she's just going to be a good. Do you have a bloodlust if you don't kill people? You know, I don't think I've not killed people long enough yeah. for it to become an issue. Maybe. Maybe. I've never, I don't know. Never waited. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then there was also that that big crossover with Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Yes. Where they told the entire story of what they were going to tell on the whole season of Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right, right, Of, right. like, you know these people who are stuck in this like cycle of, of being killed by Vandal Savage yeah. uh, because of this meteor that crashed in ancient Egypt. Right, right, right. Um, and Carter Hall, this was a great opportunity to not cast a white person. Like, it's the, the worst thing that they did with Legends of Tomorrow and with 
all of that is Carter Hall as a white guy. Yeah, it makes it's the no worst. sense. And I hated his character and so much. I was I so know. glad that when they're like, oh, we're going to kill him. And then he's basically out of Legends of Tomorrow for the bulk of this show. Yeah. And then he comes back in at the end. Right. You know, and that, but I was like, ugh. Yeah. And even Kendra, who I like that actress a lot. Right. But she does not look ancient Egyptian. No, she but, doesn't. But that's but it, okay. But I she's guess, not you know. a white lady. So, right. That's, you so know, it's, so it's less, it's like, less. Uh, less offensive. Less offensive, right. It would have um, been nice if they had just hired Egyptian actors. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't understand... From Egypt. <laughs> exactly. For anyone who doesn't understand what we mean by less offensive, it's not that we hate white people. It's that... Well, speak for yourself. Well, sure. It's that there's a... There's this... You know this, that there's a problem in Hollywood where only white people are being cast in parts. Yeah, whitewashing. And it's gotten way better in the last right. couple of years because people are really opening their eyes to the fact that that is propagating racism because young children are not seeing anyone that doesn't... Um, that either doesn't look like themselves or that, um, you know, that only looks like themselves. Right. And that causes societal problems. Yeah. That's a part of this, like, systemic racism we're dealing with. And, this and it's is... an easy fix. Just, like, put put a, di- a diversity of faces on screen that matches the diversity of our country. Right. And this is particularly egregious because the characters' first lives as they were born into this mortal coil yeah. were in Egypt 4,000 years ago. Right. So (laughs) I think Carter Hall, who is as white as the name Carter Hall (laughs) implies, might not have been the most common of people in Egypt, you know? Yeah. But I, I, they didn't even make him British, which is the way you go. (laughs) Right. When you're going to cast ancient Egyptians. Uh, Well, you know, what's funny on Smallville, they showed Hawkman and he was played by Michael Shanks who plays Daniel Jackson on Stargate SG-1. Oh, How's that? That's pretty good. Just bring back Michael Shanks if you're going to make him a white guy. Otherwise, please don't. You know You know what's funny is that they Actually, reverse- just please don't bring... Please, don't. please don't make him a white don't guy. Don't make him a white guy. It, it, it really... It, I don't know why, but that drove me fucking crazy. No, it's it, that should have... The, the, the character should have been... Egyptian. Egyptian, yeah. yeah. And even if you're not going to be like, okay, well, what are we going to hire an Egyptian actor? Have someone who is a person of color. Have someone who is right. not white, you know? Right. Yeah, there's like a whole subset of issues there of of actors of color portraying races that they aren't because Hollywood thinks it's okay yes. to just put anyone of color into to play an Egyptian or whatever. So... So where's the line? And I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Right. I, I do kind of like... I don't know either, but I can say that if I'm drawing a line... Yeah, Carter draw, Hall. Not Carter Hall. Yes. And then if someone is like, okay, Carter Hall or this other person of color, I'd go, well, this other person of color. And they'll go, right. do you care if this guy's Egyptian? If you don't, if this guy's not Egyptian, how does Carter Hall look now? I'm like, yeah, still not Carter Hall. Right. So yeah. that's, 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 that's where I'm at with the, right. you know. I, and I don't know where I'm at, but I feel like I definitely agree that Carter Hall is on the other side of the line. Yeah. I, I was wondering about Vandal Savage himself because that actor was fantastic. He's fantastic. He he's, is this is so good. And I don't know the nationality of the actor. He's got some accent that perhaps he made up himself. Right. Like he he looks like I don't know where he's from. Maybe from the Middle East or something. Right. Um, but you know, or he's white and just is so good at acting. <laughs> I'm just saying, like knowing nothing about him. Well, maybe. let's look him up. Okay. Are we going to pause for this? Sure. This? Okay. Okay. Uh, we're back. His name is Casper Crump. 
<laughs> and he's Danish. Ah, okay. So I was right. He's, you were right. That's fucking that's crazy. That's about as white as you get. I think white people were invented I don't in even, Denmark. Yeah, which is but bizarre because he didn't does not look like white. But you, okay. Like you can be American and be, you know, be be American and be from, you know, have like Chinese oh, sure, parents right, right, and right, right, not right. look white you right. know or not be white like if he's and still be american of egyptian descent but lives in denmark yeah. well maybe know? maybe this says let me look but the point being that like his acting was fantastic you know right. to the point where it's i'm not saying it justifies not hiring an, an egyptian actor or a person of color to fulfill that role yeah because he was just so good i mean it, it would be it hard fit. to say that anyone else should should play that part because he was so good. Yeah, was, he looks so much like Vandal yeah, Savage. If you're going to hire a white person to play your roles that should go to people of color, at least make sure they're not terrible, doofy actors. Yeah. The funny part to me, and perhaps it is an insensitive funny, was us trying to guess his country of origin yeah. based on his looks and the accent that he portrayed in the show, Denmark would have been one of the last countries. I know. On the li- I might have even put Canada ahead. Of I a know. Guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the world is a, a complicated place, but right. But whitewashing it makes everything worse. And yeah, agreed. I, I have no problem with Casper Crump as Vandal Savage. I think yep. he's incredible. I have a big problem with Carter Hall. Wait, what is his first name? Casper Crump. His name is Casper? Yeah. The white ghost? (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I I did struggle with the fact that, that, you know, so many of the main cast were white. Yeah. I never really cared for Captain Cold that much on The Flash. Oh, I like him. I I think he hams it up good. Yeah. And you were right. I had no idea that those two dudes were were on Prison Break. And once I knew that... Now watching Legends of Tomorrow, there's a couple times where they make jokes about that. Right. They even say, like, it's time for a prison break or something right, at right. one point. <laughs> that reminds me of an Arrow when Vixen showed up. Um, Oliver Queen's like, we had an animated yeah, encounter yes. last year. Mm-hmm. I had just watched the cartoon, like, right before right. watching that episode. <laughs> it's like the show is speaking That to you. was so funny. Yeah. That was such a good line. I love shit like that. Yeah. There's tons of those that you right now are missing. Right. Because don't you know. don't know who some of these people are. Right. Right. Which I feel conflicted about. Because, like, sometimes I, sometimes you spoil that for me, and I allow it. I always and ask some, you. Yeah. You do. No, yeah, yeah. I don't mean, like... I'm a consensual spoiler. Exactly. Yeah, I don't mean that you've done anything amiss. <laughs> but sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I say no to that. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's adding to or detracting from the experience for me to know those things. I think sometimes, sometimes one, sometimes the other. Right. But I find I have found so far that any of the spoilers I got did not really affect my viewing experience. Even knowing yeah. that Laurel was going to die, it doesn't matter. Didn't and didn't really affect my Sarah viewing experience. Knowing that ultimately comes back to life because if yeah. you look at Netflix, you clearly see her face on the screen. Right. For Legends of Tomorrow. Right. So. Yeah. If anything, these things were made better because I knew that they like things I didn't like. We're going to get better because right. I'd seen spoilers. Um, but, like, I'm glad I didn't spoil that a nuclear bomb goes off. Right. See, that's the type of thing that... Right. That's And I asked you, I'm like, yeah. how many? How deep do you want to get with spoilers? You're like, not at all. I'm like, yeah. yeah, then you definitely don't want to hear this. Yeah, like, those uh, story spoilers are the things. Like, Damien Dark has a thing under under the ground where he's keeping people... Right. Like that, that would ruin the experience. Right. But if I said to learning you... Learning that is so crazy that it's, like, really enjoyable it's, to find that out. And it's part of out. the reveal, you yeah. know? But saying, like, oh, next season the villain is someone who's like an evil magic user. 
Yeah. Like, okay, that's a spoiler, but it really yeah, no it big says deal. nothing. Oh, my right. God. And can we just talk about how amazing the actor who plays Damien Dark is? Oh, he's so good. He's so good. That is, it is, I thought John Barrowman was the pinnacle of, like, hammy evil, but still feels threatening because you can't be, like, a joke, you know, and still feels like a realistic person. Yeah. I was like, oh, John Barrowman is the epitome of this. And then Damien Dark <laughs> buries him this season <laughs> he he's he's my example of did you like john barrowman in arrow then you get more of that a better version of that that's yeah. again it's doing the things you love and doing more of it damien dark is more of john barrowman as the black arrow <laughs> so that actor i have loved for years i've never seen him this is the only thing i've ever seen you him have in. seen him oh what have i seen him uh, in? so his name is neil mcdonough i just looked it up okay he was um the helmsman in star trek first contact uh, i'm not gonna remember that well next time you watch it okay. you'll you'll, you'll <laughs> okay. totally so i see have him. seen him but not in any yeah. way that would okay. well do you remember when they go on that spacewalk in the middle of the movie where they have to go out to the deflector dish i don't even remember what happens in first contact oh it's such a good movie is that's that the, the one they the go back in one. time yeah. Okay. The oh, board. I remember that. So that's the one where they drink with, um, I was going to say Zuckerman, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zephram Cochran? Zephram Cochran. It's, yeah. it's not Zuckerman. <laughs> Zephram yeah, yeah, yeah. Cochran. That's the one. And yeah. they, at one point they have to go out to, to release the deflector The preternaturally dish. old Zephram Cochran. The what? The preternaturally oh. old. Because he's supposed to be, what, 30 something? <laughs> if you follow. The continuity of the original yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But James Cromwell. Whatever. So good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, so he was the helmsman in that movie. And he, I guess he had a lot more dialogue that it was cut out. So he ends up just kind of being a presence. Ah, gotcha. But I, I was always really taken by his performance. I'm yeah. like, who's this guy on the bridge of the Enterprise with all my favorite people? Right. Um, and that character was written to be gay and they cut it out of the movie. Uh, so it was going to be the first, like, on screen gay right. main character right but he it, ended up just being a background right he'll just be a guy there and he'll mention i'm worried about my husband just, you know maybe right yeah. well because he can't get that deep into a side character but that right. still is like we've acknowledged it's, it's still better than nothing exists. yeah it took and, them until star trek beyond to have a hand holding between two men right right and it's it's sort of even it's not like we have a character who's featured in there we get to have a exploration of their lives and their emotion but at the very least it's saying in the future, there are gay people and they get to work on starships. Right. You know what I mean? Where everything else is like, D what's going on here? Is right. Is it just white people in the future? Right. Totally. Yeah. Star Trek's always attempted to not do that. Yes. And and, and but they showing, back, they, I mean, I did a whole podcast about this Star Trek years is, ago, but like whole, not having gay representation was one of the big like flaws in their representation profile. Right. Star like, Trek is, missing. is not, is never that far ahead of what the culture could and should be experiencing and is experienced at that moment. It yeah. still is very middle of the road progressive, you know? Well, I wouldn't say that. I feel like they've, they've gone above and beyond in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, but they miss, there's huge misses. You there's know? huge misses, but I think it's often, but they're often trying as hard as they can. They're trying, yeah. They're doing, they're doing their level best, right? And whether or not they succeed, with huge, right, huge is gaps. up to us, yeah, and, and no one else, <laughs> and no one else. But yeah, but anyway, so wins. Neil McDonough was More on that, Star Trek. and I, I loved him in that, and I've seen him pop up in tons of stuff over the years. I want to look for see what else he's done. Yeah, and I always really enjoy when I see him. He, he such a great he was a regular character on. Was it Boston Legal or something? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Or no, Boston Public. I watched oh. Boston Public, not Boston Legal. Um, with William Shatner. 
Yeah, I've never really watched that. I haven't seen it either. But I'm familiar of its existence. I think I think that's what it was. But anyway, he's always like a really charming, nice guy. Gotcha. But then this role where they combine that charming, nice guy with this like absolutely batshit crazy, crazy, most evil person you've ever met. Abject evil. Just like yeah. it's it's evil to the point where like there, he has no other motivations for stuff, you know. Right. We just but it makes sense because like he has magic that feeds off of the death of others. Right. So he just wants more power and that means he's got to kill everyone right. around him. Right. Um, and he does care about his family. Does he care does about his family. have right. some sort his of a sense evil of... evil wife. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I Who's love also it. a great yeah. actor. She's so good. Yeah. Um, Rouvet. Rouvet, yes. Running for mayor against Oliver. Oh, oh yes. my God. Yeah, that, All that shit. Is, there's a lot of good stuff in here. I really enjoyed it. I, I love the theme also, of... That town cannot get a break with its mayors. No shit. Like, I know. Since the beginning of the series, Rouvet would have been, what, the fifth mayor? Maybe? Fourth? Well, because they all get killed. Yeah. Who was the first mayor? I can't remember, but I mean, it's... I, I remember... Uh, they're, like, disposable. Um, Oliver's mom became the mayor. Right. Killed. And then killed. <laughs> and then there was... Um, the not the councilman, but what's what do they call it? Sebastian Blood, yeah. Sebastian Blood, what, right. what do they Alderman. call it? Alderman, yeah. yeah. He became the mayor, killed, killed. <laughs> uh, and then they didn't have a mayor for a while because who would take the job at that point, job. right? They, they, but they, but and then Rouvet Dark, right? But they had to and have had an interim killed. mayor or an acting mayor, yeah, who we don't learn who, about. Didn't, didn't Damien Dark's people kill like an interim mayor or something? Oh, probably, yeah. So, what I'm saying is like they're up to yeah. like four or five since the show started. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And now and now Oliver Queen is the mayor yeah. as of the end and of season it, four. How, why is he the mayor? Listen, you got real close to winning that last election. How would you like to be mayor? I thought <laughs> well, it made sense. No, you know why it makes sense? Because everyone in the actual, they have a chart that's like mayoral succession based on the charter of Starling City founded in yeah. 1842. And they're all dead. And, or the people who are like, oh, actually, Ted, it's you. He's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to be the mayor. No, it says here on the chart that the person who's in charge of the Department of Water comes after the interim mayor. <laughs> the designated after the police survivor. Chief. Right. And then it's like, yeah, I quit then. Right. So they're like, all right. You know what? Why don't we tell Oliver Queen? Yeah. He's, who is the only other person who has wanted to be the mayor right. who's not dead? Right. <laughs> Oliver Queen. I liked it a lot. I, for me... This season, I mean, they, uh, not just for me, because they said it a million times. This season was about Oliver doing things differently. Yes. You yes, know, right, that yes. was like the mantra of this season. Like I'm season, trying to do things differently. Like they have a mantra of every year. You I'd know? say so. There's a single focus. Yeah. yeah. Like season one, you heard the word undertaking more times than you ever me. thought were possible. <laughs> um, and like there's always something like Oliver's past coming back to right. haunt him in the present. But this year it was like Oliver trying to do, do better because trying to be better. It's, it's becoming an ensemble show. It's becoming a team show, Yeah, but it is ultimately arrow. Yeah. And so he is the person who needs to have some form of primary growth in the show. Other characters yeah. get it, which is a thing that's great about the show, Yeah, but it's him. So this is, yeah, this season, his growth is doing things different. Yeah. And I, Really like his dynamic with Quentin this season, where Quentin is saying, like, this city needs someone to stand up in the light, right. not someone to hide in the shadows. Yes. Yeah, it, mm. And I love how that- They flip their dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Because th now Quentin knows Oliver, and they both acknowledge that they both want to do good, and that they're both good people. Yeah. Quentin, until now, has always been like a paladin, lawful good. Yeah. Th there is no- 
compromising. It's just always good. You have to always obey the law. You always have to be good. And now in this season, he's like, oh, unless they're going to kill your daughter. Right. Then you definitely have to be bad and you have to do shitty things. Well, this season he straight up becomes like one of Team Arrow. I mean, he's down in, but he, no, but in I mean, the Arrow work- Cave all the time working in the darkness, which right. he said he would never do. But before that, it's because he's working for the darkness. He's working oh, right. for he's Damien working Dark. He's working for Damien Dark. Right, That's right. so true. So right. His step down from that, like that working yeah. for Damien Dark is like now you're lawful, oh, right, right, lawful right. evil. <laughs> yeah, and where they left it, I forgot about this, but where they left it last season where like he was trying to arrest Oliver and he's like, you can't vigilanteism is not the answer. Right. Like to go. So they did a beautiful job of having him be the mole for yes. Damien dark. And then having pull, like you just said, pulling him back towards Oliver. Right. So now he now became at, like the comfortable place for him to be. Right. He started at lawful good. Yeah. Corrupted to lawful evil. Yeah. Falls down to chaotic good to be with, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, the team arrow. And ended up having the dynamic between him and Oliver that I've always wanted, which is them working together. Right. And I love it. I yep. really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then it comes down to like Oliver giving this speech to to stop people from looting. That was the looting. hookiest part of this. Oh, I, I loved I, it. I, I'm not a huge fan of the like... It's, I, so this is... this is. Can well, I just say this is like a Flash thing uh-huh. that gets infected here into Arrow in this way. Flash has this thing that i consider the normal person speech power where if like things are really bad someone who loves you can do a good like Uh persuasion charisma thing over the comms with you and apparently give you like extra energy to defeat your foe like when you thought all hope was lost someone can give you that rousing speech it's like iris or flash's dad the other flash uh and then this is oliver doing that speech for star city like yeah. I can convince this whole crowd of regular people to get their asses fucking murdered right now in an effort to fight for their freedom against Damian Dark. And I that's just I mean Well to it's me it was hokey as hell. Sure. I mean I don't disagree that it's okay. hokey, but for the what it does story wise I really liked, sure. which is Oliver needs to inspire the people of Star City to not panic. Yes. In this moment when there is a He can be a there, leader. There's a new nu- a nuclear weapon heading towards Star City. They need someone to get out in the light of day and say, We are better than this. Mm-hmm. And even if we die, we're gonna die together. Right. And like we are not going to kill each other or hurt each other. We are one family. We're one city. Right. Even if we are facing destruction, we are not going to change who we are. It's oddly positive for the arrow. Yeah. And I really I really dug that that's Okay. That's where his character went. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. execution of it was fine. Right. But to me, it was a bigger moment than the execution itself. It's like, that's the whole arc of the season is that Oliver needs to stand Doing up in the light. Different, yeah. And then because he did that, they offer him the mayorship. Because, <laughs> his speech magic works. Yeah, his speech magic works. And he um, he's the only face at a time where this city is like really in a bad spot yeah, yeah you know yeah, they've yeah. been through a lot and it just keeps getting worse and now they almost got destroyed entirely by a nuclear weapon there's only one person who's even willing to stand up yeah, and right. and try to lead so they they let him yeah i like that that's cool yeah. um here is a spoiler that i have <laughs> for this season no for i don't even know when okay um one of the seasons the box art of the arrow big oh, spoiler coming up oh yeah yeah is oliver queen in jail Right. So so you know that eventually whatever path he's on leads him to prison. prison. I, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. bums me out because Why? I that's a not a spoiler that I want. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I because the whole season I kept expecting him to reveal himself in public as the Green Arrow right. to save the day. 
and that would get him arrested and he'd go to jail. Right. Which didn't happen. But it's the type of spoiler where, like, once it gets in your head, you can't get it out. And you just keep looking for, like, when's he going to jail? No, when's be, he going to jail? No, this will be when's interesting he going to, to see. Right, like, because... When's he going to jail? Because here, the other thing is that... You, when's he going to jail? <laughs> this is good, though, because you know that he does go to jail. Because I you, I think it's a normal expectation on a show to go, especially a superhero show, and be like, yeah, he's never just going to be outed and that's going to be the show. Yeah. That's like they always keep the secret identity. Or like, he's never going to die, you know, because you know he's going to be. So this is an interesting thing where you're like, now they can tease you specifically with like, oh, shit, is Oliver going to have to like give up his identity or is this going to happen? Someone's yeah. going to th- definitely people are going to threaten to expose him going forward and you won't know. Well, is this where they drop the hammer or not? Yeah, know? I guess. I it's, mean, what it feels I like, like there's about a gun on the table that you know, goes you know, off. the end of the first Iron Man movie or the second one, whatever it was, where he's given the press conference. That's the first one. Yeah, that's the first one. He's like, I am Iron Man. Right. You know, right. like that's how that movie ends. And that kind of blows open the paradigm of superhero stuff where you're never going to find out the secret identity of the main character. And right. They're going to operate in the shadows. He, he comes out and says who he is in the first movie. And that's just the start of this whole universe where everyone knows that Tony Stark is Iron Man right. in the Marvel movies. Right. So that can be done. You know, it's yeah. not that like you can't do that. You that have, can be done. Yeah. Yeah. And you it's can public hero. Right. You can like Oliver Queen can be outed as the green arrow right. and continue to operate as the green arrow. Spider-Man that could is operate as Peter Parker. Right. They don't like to reveal it because it puts their family in danger. Well, and, it, well, yes, but every everybody they is don't going like to reveal it because it gives easy narratives. It gives easy levers to use for the characters. You yeah, know? and on yeah, but the but the thing is, is like every bad guy who could hurt Oliver's family by knowing that he is Oliver Queen and the Green Arrow already knows. Yes, they all know, yes. and anyone who doesn't know. Uh, Malcolm Merlin is going to tell. Yeah, so it right, doesn't right. matter. They've told some real blabbermouths. Yeah. I love Malcolm Merlin. I, I love too. Malcolm Merlin. Yeah. That whole, like... I love Damien Dark more, but I love me some Malcolm Merlin. Yeah. I mean, Damien Dark was an excellent season villain, but I'm yeah. just thrilled. Thrilled that John Barrowman is still around. Yeah, I'm he... thrilled. Yeah, yeah. I'm thrilled. Like, the whole arc with this Nyssa coming and wanting to oh. take mm-hmm. the, the ring so she could become Ra's al Ghul and, That's like, Oliver chopping actor. off. Uh, oh, she's so good. Yeah, yeah. I saw her... My mom was watching Hawaii Five-0. I just went to visit my my mom, and she's watching Hawaii Five-0, and Nyssa al Ghul was in it. <laughs> it's just like a... a cop or something i'm like this is weird is her accent the same no or? no no okay. she just american accent in uh hawaii Five O. Uh, i wonder which one is the one is that's the one that she's i don't know but my estimation of her as a performer skyrocketed it's when i when i saw her on this other show yeah yeah she's so good so, so good. good i love nissa and i i love that malcolm has lost his hand and is, i forgot about that uh yeah. is no longer the head of the league, league of assassins and yeah. you know just knowing that that I'm malcolm sad they, they no, wrap up the league because I did like the yeah. league and that organization in their existence yeah. in this world. I agree. It was it, done really well. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that it's done, but I, it's, I'm like wistful. Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, that tells me that it doesn't come back. And I was just thinking like. Well, I can't, as I'm saying this, I can't remember now. What okay. <laughs> I feel like it's only a matter of time until the League of Assassins is revealed to have continued to exist. Because oh. Nissa disbands it as Ra's al Ghul. But, but what does that mean? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's a very comic booky thing is like, right. oh, Hive is done. And now they're Umbra, right. you know. Sure. Or like, yeah, the League of Assassins was disbanded. But one, uh, but we find out, you know, five years later into the run that someone else has been running the league of assassins under in in the actual shadows right right now we're called the shadow blades sure the shadow league or something the shadow league yeah yeah yeah. 
I I look forward to that probably happening. But evil organizations never have a problem with a reorg. Exactly. But I loved how in Legends of Tomorrow they went back to the old League of Assassins, yes. and you got to see the, the original Raz Al Ghul. Yep. And talk to his daughter um, Talia Al Ghul. Yep. So that's our first view of Talia, right, from the comic book. Who, which, right, the mo- the most famous daughter of Raz Al Ghul. Yes, right. In, in the way where you're like, why didn't they have Nissa B. Talia? Right, it's just a name. Right, at this point. So like, why right. was that choice made? And I love, I yeah, and I kept forgetting that Nissa was in fact not Talia. Right, <laughs> I even called her Talia on one of the you, podcasts. Right, absolutely, because I just assume that that's one I just think of her as Talia. For those s- I think of as being like wranglings. Like DC is like, listen, we've given you a lot. You can't have Talia, like, you can't have Batman, you can't yeah. have Superman, you can't have Wonder Woman, you can't have Green Lantern, you can't have Talia al Ghul. Although you know? Green Lantern appeared in Arrow this year. Did you see it? Oh, I might have, tell me, because I can never... um, When, I think it was like the first episode of the season, when Oliver was in a bar in a flashback, and Amanda Waller comes up to him and says, like, I've got a job for you, um... A, a man stands up at that bar and walks towards the camera in a bomber jacket that says Jordan. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah. Hal Jordan's Hal Jordan. jacket, right? Right, like, no he, doubt. Right, right, Hal right, Jordan right. was in that bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I like squeed. That's out great. loud. There, I did not see that. But, but you don't see his face, just right, his right. jacket. Because yeah. then that's one like it's 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 like that's for the fans, you know. Sure. And Arrowverse is so good, so full of that at stuff. that to the yeah. point of even we've talked about this before the casting. Yeah. This is where, now we had talked, you would ask me, uh, circle back to last, right, where you were like- I know exactly what you're about to say. (laughs) You would ask me like, oh, do they ever have John Philip ship or whatever? Yeah. Is he the Flash? I was like, "Mm." I know, you totally accidentally spoiled that. Yeah. But did you- Well, okay. I will say, the first time he showed up this season, they hinted at the fact that- like I was thinking, like he's going to become a speedster, right? Which was so funny because then they ended up killing that character, and then fi- you find you find out that he is a speedster in another dimension. But it's and, not even him. It's not even right. It's, it's not, not even him. It's, it's like it's, it's a Jay dog. Garrick in another dimension is is an, is Henry Allen, right? Henry yeah. Allen looks exactly like Jay Garrick, or Jay Garrick yeah. looks exactly like Henry Allen. Well, and it, they made it really obvious when. Henry says, um, Garrick is my mom's maiden name. Yes. They yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's almost it's... explicit that, it, that it's about to happen. Sure. But, and also, I, I, also, this was straight up spoiled for me. <laughs> On top of this, because I looked up the actor and the picture they showed was him in the Flash suit. <laughs> And on the Flash, like not on the old one, not on the, the new one. Because you can tell the difference between those costumes. They're yeah. vastly different. Yeah, it was like old old John Wesley ship. Yeah, John with, Wesley ship, yeah. With, um, with uh, what's new his Flash. name? New Flash Barry Allen. Yeah. Uh, in a scene from a future season that I haven't even seen yet. Right. Where it's like the Flash from the alternate universe and this Flash teaming up somehow. So Right, right. Anyway, I saw an image I of that. I didn't even know. So that's interesting. If you would ask me right now, like, oh, do... Does John Wesley Ship as the Flash in this modern Flash show back up again as a speedster, as Jake Eric, as anyone? I honestly wouldn't have been able to tell you yes or yeah. no. You know, maybe it was a picture from the episode this season where they're just next to each other. Just some promos. So that's the yeah. thing about spoilers is you watching things uh, out of time sync, not yeah. as, not contemporaneously, you wind up with, with uh, marketing spoilers. Yeah. You know, like Netflix, just Netflix previews. Totally. For shows. Well, that's what happened with The Arrow, with that, like, the, the cover art that they used was Oliver in right. jail. And I'm they're, like, well, no, they're, thanks. You know, they're, they're selling what's out now. They don't need right. to sell their old stuff. Totally. 
Yeah, so I'm trying to remember exactly what I saw. It was it was Henry Allen. Well, now I know it's Jay Garrick right. in in the flash gear with his helmet on. Yeah, the Jay Garrick helmet that right. like they oh that's that he it, takes from Hunter's Allman. I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, so it was the two of them, the two flashes next to each other, and I think they were outside. Because when they're next to each other in this episode, it's in Star Labs. Right. Um, or the, the last like episode of the season or whatever But this is like out in the field. Yeah. So I think it was something else. Interesting. But so they could, maybe I'm wrong and they were inside. Potential it was spoiler episode. alert. Yeah. Jay Garrick may come back in yeah. season three. So the way, but the way that you said, I don't know, like the way you said, uh, I don't I said, know about that. Well, I'm no, like, okay, you're telling me basically that. Well, no, that, I was trying to say like kind of, but no. I, I, my theory at that point was that Barry's dad was going to end up being a speedster and we didn't right, know about it. But you'd be it. wrong. And that's right. what I knew. It's like, I right. know that totally. you're wrong, totally. but you're not entirely wrong. Right. But because of that, I, I 100% guessed that Jay Garrick was in fact, right. Uh, Henry Allen in yep. this other dimension. Yep. And was not at all surprised when that happened. Yep. Um, but that didn't matter, you know. Which is, I was already know, deinvested at the story. At I'd that say point, you're in a so. better position because when I watched it the first time and then they revealed him to be Jay Garrick, played by John Wesley Shipp, I was like, what in the motherfuck is... I don't understand. Like, I was super confused. (laughs) And then I'm like, wait, so with Hunter Zolomon? Like, I was so confused. I could not suss it out. Yeah. I went online. I was, like, looking up. And I'm like, oh, this is its own unique thing. I can't, like, read the 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 you know the comic book history of this oh yeah and then I just put it aside like I could have read a summary of the season but I didn't want to spoil myself I was just trying to get like yeah whereas I caught up to understand but if I right. look any further it's going to spoil the whole thing for me I did understand it because I'd been looking for it right um and also I mean in the comic books Eobard Thawne is Zoom right yeah it, there is a Hunter Zolomon but it's not you know it's not this version of Zoom. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I the way that they the way the, the way the story went with Zoom, as soon as you find out that it's Jay Garrick, the original Jay Garrick, right. not the real Jay Garrick, that's where that story kind of started to fall apart for me. Yeah. And there was so much I loved about the season. I loved you know, Man Shark. Yes. I really liked Patty. Patty yes. was a really great character. Great character, yeah. But I was just pissed. Because she like leaves because Barry won't tell her the truth about being the Flash. Barry's such a dick. And He's... then and then she like forces him to tell her the truth. Right. And still leaves. Yeah. It's like that at the end of Discovery. It's like oh we we solved the problem. All right, let's still go to the future. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, like we've we've killed this computer that we need to take out of this timeline. Okay, great, it's dead. Let's go. See you later. Why are we going? I don't know. I already packed. Yeah. Uh, I already like. I'm already going to Mid City or wherever she was Mid- going. Midvale. Um, so that that was annoying, but I really liked that character a lot. Yeah, and then they did some great development with uh, with uh, Iris. Yes, yeah. Iris finally gets st- starts to become a better character. You yeah, know. and the reason you have to keep interrupting me is because I talk for so long at a time. There's no other way to get in. Oh, there. that reminded me of what I was going to interrupt you with. Is what one of my favorite things from year four is when they do the final reveal at the end of season two of Flash. With John Wesley Shipp as the the actor that plays his father. Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. But as Jay Garrick. Right. Becoming, putting on the costume for the Flash. Like, he's got his, like, button snap, almost World War I military leather costume on. And then they give him the hat. 
that was Hunter Zolomon's father's hat from Earth 2 War. Yeah. It, with the wings on it. And so now, and also John Wesley Ship playing the 90s Flash, but playing this, putting on the full Jay Garrick costume. And then they pan, and then he's standing there with the hat and the light behind him and the lightning bolt down his chest. It's a it's a live recreation of, of a very beautiful um, rendition of that particular Flash by... That that's hyper realistic oh, cool. uh, comic artist. Oh, interesting. What's his name? Oh, fuck, I can't believe it. He's he used to be one of my favorite artists. He's he's the one. He's the first time that I saw Batman portrayed in a way. I was like, oh yeah, this is a great image. There, hmm. he draws a picture of Batman taking his uniform, takes his uniform, taking his bat suit off, and his back is covered in scars. Yeah, and I had never seen that represented in the comic books before, because Batman's never shown that way. But this is showing, like, the... And now I think that's a common trope. Like, whenever whenever uh, uh, the Arrow takes his clothes off, he's just riddled with scars, you know? Yeah. Like, that's something that they address now. Yeah. <laughs> but So this artist had done... He did, like, uh, these giant Alex... Yeah. He did these Singleton. Singleton. I don't know. Um it was it was like the big three, like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Did uh-huh. these Alex Ross. Okay. Alex Ross. So he did these like one shot comics. And then um the Flash is one of like there's a great iconic image he drew of that uh 40s Flash, who is Jay Garrick. And they recreate that visually the in the huh. show very well. Yeah. Cool. There's a long way to go from my Alex Ross uh, geek out, whose name I couldn't remember. <laughs> I This is reminding me of one of the things that um, also got me a little down about this season of The Flash, yeah. is that the my favorite part of the season was the first half where Jay Garrick was a good guy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. He's, he's su- I mean, again, like another chiseled jaw white guy. Yep. But something about his portrayal of Jay Garrick, yeah. who was the first Flash right. he's from kind of, like the 40s or whatever. Right. And he's like older and he's broken, basically. Yeah, that that character I loved. Yeah. And I thought the actor just completely nailed. Yes. And it seemed like they hired him to be Jay Garrick. Right. But then they turned him into Hunter Solomon. Right. And he didn't seem to be as well cast for that, in yeah, my I, opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. It didn't... And at the very least, that actor didn't step into that and was able to inhabit it in a better way and i think yeah. like the best example for, for me for this is the actor that's in orphan black and i always forget oh, her i haven't name. seen that so I'm not i know what you're talking about though because she plays all the characters right, right? It, it, and she as an actor can morph into such a variety of people it, 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 across the spectrum of personality you know uh-huh. broad you know very intense very like normal you know it's it's amazing yeah and that's something that a po- even a drop of that skill in this guy would have gone a long way to making it when he was Hunter Zolomon yeah. feel and better. I Yeah, I don't know if it's fair to blame the actor because it really didn't feel like it was well-written to me, uh, the I transition. Mean, it's just, it's, it's but, as well-written well, as this? it can be. How about this? Just make the portrayal the same, but have him say the most evil things imaginable. Like, imagine right. the Jay Garrick from the first half of the season, like, well, Barry, I'm, you got to be good. You know, you have to <laughs> you have to do these things because you're a hero. Right. What if that guy was like, well, you know, 
I I really didn't mean any of those things I said, and what I really want <laughs> is to kill everyone who's ever existed. Like, what if he just did the same? Yeah. What if he was still the same guy? That could have been so cool. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because we still like him, because we've grown to like him over the first half of the season. Right. But basically what happens is that we are trained to love Jay Garrick, and then that Jay Garrick is killed, and right. we don't see him again. Yes. And that, and that, like, just, it's not as much fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so it, if you're it, gonna it turn your character doesn't... bad, have him be the same character. They did a good job of this on Agents of Shield with Grant Ward. Yes, uh, and I loved that. That was back when I was still really into the show. Yeah, yeah. and that's where they lost a lot of fans, which was weird. Oh no, it's it's so good though. The, the way that the way that Agents of Shield was received by the fandom is bizarre, in my opinion. Speaking as someone who like yeah. walked away from the show because I got sick of it, I loved it at first so yeah. much. Um, and there's part, a part of me that's like tempted to go back and see where it goes because I hear it goes to space. And I mean, that I would know. be a fun one for us. I to, do. I don't know. I don't know if you know this about me, but I really like space. Maybe, maybe well, let's have a little meta Mercury aside here. <laughs> but maybe after we get through uh, Arrowverse? Arrowverse, we could do Agents of Agents Shield. Of Shield. Maybe. Yeah. I I want to watch Stargate with you. Really, oh yeah. Really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've been starting to crave that. But um, we're also you know. We're also doing Doug Space Nine already. The Stargate would be another one. We would just plow through a season. And then, yeah. You know. I think that the way that we talk about Arrowverse, doing that for Stargate would be really fun. Yeah. And then also on the table for me would be uh, Battlestar Galactica or um, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for sure. Yeah. And if, if anyone's listening and has preferences on shows they want to see us talk about. Definitely choose Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because what I love about that... Well, definitely let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Doug, but let me know. What I and I'll like... filter the results <laughs> and the... do what I want. <laughs> My final pitch before we close up this segment of Metamercury is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. represents a great discussion point of superhero, is it sci-fi? Oh, shit. You know. Well, that's tempting because that... I am really interested in that. Did I, did I tell you that I, I asked that question on Reddit? Yeah. And, and the conversation was really... In- interesting right because it's going to be something people are very passionate about yeah and you know what i've really learned is that there is we know for sure it's fantasy <laughs> there's a type of sci-fi fan who um thinks of science fiction as being holy it's a purist kind of the yeah. purest of genres and i get this because i used to be this person sure i grew up as this person i mean i started this sci-fi podcast because deep down there's a part of me that is that person yeah but i but as I've grown older and loved so many other things and realized that Star Wars is more fantasy than sci-fi, I've realized that I just love um, I just love space. I love outer space. Right, I right, love right, things right. that take play, place in space. Right. And I love anything that involves um, like aliens living on Earth right. or humans having like alien powers or oh, anything like that. You, and okay. superheroes really fall in that for me then and you, kind of tickle that part of my brain that loves science fiction. Then you know what you and I should talk about right now for the next at least 20 minutes? What? Supergirl. Okay. Because but yes, let's do it. But hold on. Because we did do, we. I feel like we covered Arrow, Flash. I know, we haven't done it yet. But we We're have gonna. not touched Supergirl. But yeah. the, the, the lead-in is perfect for this because I know it's perfect it's it one it's got what we want the alien sci-fi thing and also structurally supergirl which we have not talked about yet doesn't feel like it fits into the arrowverse yet right it really is and it because it's not tied together there is no right. there's one there's one moment crossover yeah i'm really i'm really excited to talk about this yeah. i do want to finish this thought first oh, sorry. which is that i do I do recognize, like, as someone who has a sci-fi podcast, there's hopefully people who listening to this show who that think of sci-fi as this holy genre. Right. But, and I like that. I like that. But what I don't like is when people 
as with like religion and with blind faith, they want to purge the zealots. They always talk about how like mine is true and everyone else's is false. Right. You know, like this idea that if you are, if you are a Christian, you believe that people who aren't Christian are going to hell and I'm not Christian. So that bothers me. You know, like that's, that's been something that I've just had to deal with my whole life is that, yeah, but that's being bothered by that. eh, But, but they can believe you're going to go to hell. Sure. Doesn't mean then you're going to, I mean, I hope, you right. Well, all I'm saying is that I don't like when people's beliefs negate someone else's uh, natural existence. Do you yes, know what I mean? Like right. The, when if they someone's beliefs for say that like the thing that you naturally are is wrong, right? Then that bothers me. Yeah, absolutely. So if your if your beliefs are telling you that being gay is wrong, that bothers me. Yes. You know. Uh, as someone who's like, I've talked about my sexuality on this show before, the whole episode, the same episode I referenced before about um, Star Trek and like LGBT representation, Ooh. I told some stories about my sexual history and how right. it is not, you know, I don't think of myself as straight and I've had experience with experiences with men, even though I am like with a woman and right. that is now, like I now am you know, because I am monogamous, I am now living a straight existence. Right. Um, but that's not how I think of it. Sure. It doesn't define your sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Like just, I'll, I can say real briefly, I can say, I think of myself as individual sexual yeah. <laughs> where I'm attracted to certain individuals. Sure. And it doesn't matter to me very much what sex they are. I'd say much less than the normal person or what species they are. Sure. I would definitely would fucking an alien. alien. Yeah, I, I know be, that we've talked about you that. Know this. And it always we makes know me this. laugh because it was, I think during, was it Babylon five we're talking about? But there was at one point you were like, yeah, this is definitely what I mean. Like I would have sex with an alien. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, it was something about Delenn. I'm it might sure. Have been Delenn. Yeah. You're well, like, that's yeah. the kind of alien I want to bang. <laughs> I mean, the idea of like get falling in love with someone from another planet is like this weird thing in my head. Now because, I know why you like sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, that's a piece of it. And I love that Zero when that happens. And yeah, I mean like this, the web series that I've, been trying to produce for a while is is that it's a sci-fi you know uh romantic comedy right right, um, right right about like falling in love with an alien i feel like i've derailed you from your point well my my yeah my point is that um we are we're all here because we love science fiction but it's okay to love other things yes and like i feel a little bit weird continuing to come back to superheroes on this show because that's it's my natural we're talking about the things that I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, on this like, show, broadly, you mean space nerds. You know, yeah, or, yeah. Or just the, before that, as sci-fi with Jesse Mercury. Like, right. It's always been a sci-fi podcast. Right. Um, but I've always I've been talking about superheroes for quite a long time. Right, right, and, right. right. Uh, it's, been, it's been interesting to me to see what the average Reddit using sci-fi fan thinks right. about sci-fi and superheroes and how they interact. Right. And I think that... I don't know. It's just it's just interesting to me that they're just like hating superhero movies on principle, right? You know what I mean? Instead of watching them and saying whether it's good or bad, right? Or um or not even. I think that's even too strong of a word. Like looking down on it for having super heroics. Sure, just like yeah, yeah. dismissing a whole genre and you know it's yeah. I get it. I mean, I happen to love superhero stuff and I love yeah. the current batches of the movies and things like that. But I also totally get that it's not. <laughs> the greatest of genres you know well i think that great things can be done in any genre oh sure i think that the great things that we i think science fiction for me personally has the greatest potential to have great things done in it right that's why it's my favorite genre yeah i think that the type of stories that i want to see and like the type of big mind moments that i like 
are generally found in science fiction. Yeah. Um, but one of the best examples of those big mind moments is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when Indy takes that leap of faith right, and the camera right, pans right, 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 right. and things are not what you thought they were. Yeah. I'm like, that's incredible filmmaking. And like that feels like science fiction filmmaking to right, me. Right, right. Um, and it's Steven Spielberg. So, you know, he's like the quintessential sci-fi guy. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, those big moments are found in things like E.T. or Star Trek or Star yeah, Wars. Like yeah. the... The things where it's so big that it can't even happen on this planet. You know, it's so right. out there that yeah, yeah. it's not even visible from here. Right. That's, that really excites me. And on top of that, the idea that, you know, we can use tech, like the technology we have now, imagine where it can go. Right. The, yeah. Right. That's one of the, the, one of the common elements of sci-fi we had talked yeah. about before is yeah. that projecting this type of thing into the future. And this is where, to me... Well, I think superheroes do that too, though. They can. I think yeah, they, absolutely. I think they do. Yeah. I think that that's kind of something at the core of superhero stories is like, look what we could do with technology. Right. Like, Iron Man is a sci-fi idea. Yeah. Like this guy who could wear a suit and then fly around and save people. Yeah. Alan but Moore I, calls it science heroes where versus yeah. like superheroes. You know, yeah. like that's a yeah, yeah, particular yeah. thing. Um, but I think the distinction in a lot of people's minds is that I think there's the stigma around comic book stories as being sure. for kids yeah. and being dumber in yeah. some way. Yeah. And yeah. I think that a lot of Both sci-fi fair. fans think of themselves as too smart to like superheroes. Right. right. Which I find strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Agreed. <laughs> because like all of it's a little dumb. All of it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's why when Star Wars, Star Trek fans start to argue, it's like, right. okay, come on. You both got wizards and magic. Like, right. Totally. Down. It's like the way that people defend Babylon 5. Where I I watched Battle yeah, yeah, of Five yeah. and I really enjoyed it's it. It's great, but there was some real dumb shit that happened. Yeah, I will know? say that as someone who still, in a lot of ways, likes Babylon Five more than Deep Space Nine, even though I love Star Trek so very much. I fully acknowledge. Listen to any of our Babylon Five episodes, how hokey and, and ridiculous <laughs> the show is. Yeah, and I guess my point at the end is like, why can't we just love what we love and celebrate that people love what they love? Why do we have to be down on people for loving something that we think is less than when why can't we just realize that like that's just your own preference you just don't like it as much that doesn't mean it's not as good you know you keep this is your doing speech magic heroic oh my god someone's got to stand up in the light of day and save this city save this fandom i jesse mercury stand before you today yeah i mean well yeah i and now the question is, why do I feel the need to say stuff like this publicly? Because you're on a podcast and you're a hero. No, it's because like I want, I because I am just you care so, about what you put out in the world. I'm so sick of seeing people treated poorly for their religion or their race sure. or yeah. their sexuality. I'm just sick of it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, and I don't know how to. I don't know that there's anything I personally can do besides, you know, point out the the like the media that is telling us why those things are wrong. Right. Right. You know, like that, that feels really important to me. And I feel like this is the best way to do that. Right. But maybe I'm wrong. I think the actually, I think the best way to do that is to make the media that does that. Yeah. And that's something that I am working actively working towards doing, but yeah, it's, I think that's legitimate. I think that's fair. Yeah. But I that's mean, like way harder than yeah, making a podcast. Well, yeah. And the argument <laughs> can be made that there's a lot more that people could do for these things, you know, individually that we could all dedicate our lives. Right. We could all volunteer to do things, but that's also the, 
you know, well, everybody could all, we all of humanity could be working towards singular focus, bettering, but that's just right. not, you know, we go about our day-to-day lives and we make choices, you know. Well, here's, but here's the interesting question. Okay. If I'm this person who feels like this is right and I have to get up here and say it, right? but I'm so annoyed by people who get up and say that they hate people because of the color of their skin right i think that's their opinion this is my opinion yeah but that's i feel like my opinion is so right that i have to get up and publicly say it right and so do they so like yes this this is this am am i what i hate no i i don't think so i mean this is a whole separate side am i the worst right this is is that's the question you're not this is this this is easily summed up as the so much for the tolerant left you know, that's the yeah. when w- people on the right, when you say, hey, you shouldn't be able to get up there and espouse Nazi ideas. And they're like, yeah, but free speech so much to the tolerant left. We thought you, you loved it. Like, yeah, except this. There's it's not ultimate love. All opinions about everything and everyone gets to say what they want and be what they want. No, the people that want to end this system don't get to have that participation level right and that's obviously what you and i believe because we are rational people right what we have to do is we have to fix the system because the system we're saying is like no we do accept everyone except for nazis it's like yeah but it's a fucking broken system that also is really shitty to all these other people that are in it you know we let's deal with that right right i think i follow what you're saying i'm also very stoned right now (laughs) um yeah and like obviously i believe that you know i (laughs) i don't want to get super political but i believe that you know so many things are just wrong, just sure. like straight up wrong, right. you know, like women being afraid of, you know, physical violence because our society tolerates it is straight up wrong. Well, see, I still- and, but there's people on the other side who don't, who don't care, right. you know, and I want to get up and say like, fuck you, right. like care, so you know, Supergirl, this yes, is Supergirl. Right. This is why Supergirl is really fascinating to me because I don't know if I like it as much as I like the other Arrowverse stuff yet because it's still it's still finding itself. Uh-huh. But it is so interesting in the choices it makes as far as like having a voice and standing for something in the way that the rest of the Arrowverse shows basically don't do at all. Right. You know? Yeah, and I think that that's why this was my second favorite show. Yeah. Even though... Like, I get that this was a little bit of a rough season. It's real TV. rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, this it was is, definitely not a, like a well-made it's season. It's very CW in the worst ways. Yeah. Well, it's weird because it's a, it was CBS, right? It was CBS. The first year was CBS. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like the CBS is trying to make a CW show and they just don't have the infrastructure. Right. They it, don't have the years it, of experience. They don't know what they're doing. Where afterwards they were like, let's just put this on CW. Like, you know, yeah. Cause it, it didn't get canceled as much as moved. Right. Well, cause that's what I've, those like NBC canceled, uh, uh, Constantine and NBC uh-huh. is its own separate unit, its own entity. Right. Oh, but, so they still got to use the same actor because they get the rights and all okay. that stuff. But Warner Brothers oh. owns DC, owns CBS, wow. owns CW. No way. So they we, own both. Yeah, Warner Brothers owns CBS and the CW and the CW. Right. And so, just think about this for so a second. So they just shuffled CBS it over. Also owns Star Trek and Survivor, which is how right. I spend the rest of my time. Right. 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 Viacom. They own. Paramount. They own me. Yeah. They own all of me. That's <laughs> crazy. Between. 
Wow, between Warner Brothers and Disney, there's nothing. Yeah, this is this is this is the fears that people had for right. decades is the like right. consolidation of content all together until you basically wind yeah, up. Yeah, but it, and this is crazy because we're getting all the content we've ever wanted. Yeah. Like this is how they pacify the masses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We are living in Black Mirror right now. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, but I also have to question like, is it even bad if it is providing what everyone wants? Yeah, well, I mean, now we're just getting into like. This is a whole different podcast now. So yeah, we're, we're we can't we can't now. do it all. Yeah. We can't do it all. I'm too stoned right now. This is you got me. You got me the type of okay. Doug, I got Doug, you the type of stone. Hold this on. Sounds like <laughs> Doug found a vape pen. I found a vape pen, and I'd like to point out that this is at the time where people have died from vape pen related illness. Yeah, because it's 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 illegal. But not in Washington State. Well, it's people that are buying like right street illegal cartridges. street cartridges yeah. because they're not legally allowed to buy weed. Right. We live in a state where weed is legal and cartridges are like very safe right. um, for the most part. Uh, well, like a store-bought weed cartridge that is 100% weed. But, is, if, but like, if you can feel te- pretty confident that if that's safe. If you're a teenager, this but is, the you can't just short, go to the store. Doug found this in a bathroom. <laughs> Fully in a package, un- unopened. <laughs> yes, un- in a package, unopened. But it's weed that was found in a bathroom. That It we, even had a receipt. I, I had already taken a weed candy, and then we oh, smoked right. some of this. And the combination of the two has made me like... Too stoned to podcast. No, just just stoned enough <laughs> to be the, the best podcaster ever. <laughs> Because now I want to ask all the questions. Right now we're getting deep philosophy. Right, I keep um, circling back to Supergirl. I know. Help me. Keep me. Keep me grounded. Supergirl. Uh, but we were talking about how Supergirl much I addresses love, big ideas. Right. We were talking about how much I love big ideas and and outer space stuff right. and alien stuff. Right. And that's what really saved this show for me is that it is about a human. A woman living as a human who is an alien and right. who just lives her whole life knowing that, right. who has these superpowers, right. deciding to use them. And right. like that's what the show's about. She deals with so interesting. She deals with the issues of being a woman in society and what yeah. that means. She has a mentor in Cat Grant mm-hmm. who, like, I think a couple of times has very moving dis- discussions with her, with Kara, yeah. about what it is to be a woman in the world and in this, you know, media business, because it's Catco Empire that she's like the the Superman story switched over to Supergirl, where it's like, oh, she works at a media company, you know, and has, instead of it's a, you know, she's not a reporter, she's an intern for, uh, you know, the owner of the media conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kara, the, the, they talk about big issues, but they also have socially aware aspect of the people in the shows that the other Arrowverse shows don't do. Yeah. The, the interpersonal relationships are interesting Mm -hmm. and you really come to care about the characters pretty quickly. Yes. Unfortunately, a lot of the plot stuff is really (laughs) mediocre. It's very mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it's almost monster of the week. Yeah, it is in, in, in a way that is like perfectly set up to be monster of the week is like, Oh, there's a giant spaceship with a bunch of criminals. Yeah. Alien criminals who all have different superpowers and weaknesses. Right. And one at a time, they will escape right. and fight you. <laughs> right. Totally. But, but you got, but it's so hard not to love the, the John Jones story. <sighs> it's yes. so cool. It's I, another perfect. That's, that's very CW Arrowverse of taking a character and also like side introducing other heroes through your show. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Uh, and like a long uh, reveal for that. Yeah. Like they, uh, and once again, spoilers, I know spoilers. I still wouldn't say this, but spoilers for CW. What am I saying? Spoilers for Supergirl. CBS Supergirl, not CW yet. Um, so Hank Henshaw is cyborg Superman in the comic books. Right. But in this show, Hank Henshaw was killed by John Jones. And then, and then, uh, the Martian Manhunter, who right. then took his 
form lives as him and lives as Hank Henshaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this huge like misdirect. It's very that, big. Yeah, yeah. That this the director of the DEO, the Department of Alien, DE Extra normal operations extraplanetary operation i don't know oh yeah 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 D-E-O. something D-E-O. the D-E-O. They, yeah. the alien fighting alien players <laughs> earth cops yeah earth cops yes. um, yeah are Planet led by Police. an alien yes uh right. who is actually the martian manhunter right and at first you think it's going to be cyborg superman yeah. but then you find out that it is the martian manhunter right and they did the the classic the classic um uh what's his name from uh flash uh Barry Allen? Uh, Harrison Wells when he gets oh. up out of his wheelchair at the end of every episode yes they did that in Supergirl where glowing at the end of red every eyes. episode Hank yes. Henshaw has glowing red eyes yeah at, at, like every episode for like the first three or four which is good though in also, a row but then it also sets it up where you think he's evil right glowing red eyes is right. evil you know yeah but I love his story how he's this refugee from another yeah. planet and, and all of his people have been killed and he's just trying to do good on this planet right. in the only way he can yeah it's really but it's also important to note which is another thing that in Supergirl's favor versus all the other CW shows is one of the through lines is that aliens are considered an other in and viewed as like people are suspicious of aliens humans are suspicious of aliens living on earth you know yeah. that's why they have the DEO to secretly kind of squash all this down and then when it's revealed that Hank Henshaw is dead and that it's an alien pretending to be Hank Shaw, Henshaw that's running this organization, the government kind of freaks out a little bit, you know? Yeah. And that that is sort of like, well, are we just judging him because he's an alien, you know? So yeah. they're, they're telling those kinds of stories. Yes, th- totally. They're using the superhero universe to not only address stories directly like what it is to be a black man in uh, you know America what it is to be a woman in America uh they're also using this like metaphor to tell like right. what is it to be an other in the society right and that's like what star trek is at its core is like a giant metaphor machine right 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 so right i love when i see that in like a sci-fi setting and i really i really really enjoyed that in this whole season and it was the big strokes I think I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. but the the details it's were so executed, all yeah. over the map. And it's like the episode where you find out that Wynn's dad is a serial killer who yes. makes toys. Right, the toy man. And now, like yeah. that episode was just a little it's rough. Hokey, a little yeah. rough to get through. I did like Red Tornado. Yeah, that was fun. Because that's like another like, oh, introduce like a yeah. character from the comic books that's not going to be around. And, yeah, that was fun. And, and then, yeah, a lot of like, I'm sure those Monster of a Week characters that showed up were all things in the comic books probably. yeah some i recognized some i didn't you yeah know? yeah but me too i know from watching more supergirl that they kind of it all of it fits in that same realm of like hank hank, hank headshot is the martian manhunter where it's like well those things sound i know those people individually in the comics it's very different so there's mm-hmm. a lot of like you know shuffling of the deck i guess i should say right yeah I'm, my experiences with john jones in the past were that he went by john jones Yes. Like, at not, obviously not by Hank He didn't Henshaw. live as a human, right? He just right. was the green, you know, Martian Right, and he could shapeshift into a human-looking character. Right. But he didn't. He just was yeah. that. Yeah. And then he's on public, Smallville, actually, uh, most of what I know about John Jones is from Smallville, because uh, he's a recurring character. I'd only ever seen John Jones from the comic book, because I didn't watch Smallville. Yeah. So he was just an alien. So, like, it didn't even occur to me, like, oh, someone has a human. Yeah. And I actually didn't know Hank Henshaw was the steel Superman. Cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman. Yeah. I had forgotten that. I, I had to look it up. And I did read some stuff with Cyborg Superman. Yeah. Who's, he's one of the, so you remember, like, the death of Superman in, like, the 90s? Doomsday, or? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 80s or 90s? I don't remember. 
Um, but that's th- about this- as much superhero Superman comics I've read because I never yeah. really liked Superman. Well, there's this big moment where they like killed Superman, right? And, and then they broke out, and there were like four different Superman. Exactly. Right. Yes, and Cyborg Superman was one of them. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And he's still around, like in the DC Rebirth, yeah, comics. Yeah, DC does a whole thing of basically like churning through, and. That's why the shows are fine because they kind of pick through all these various incarnations these people have had, and then they themselves are another reshuffling of that DC deck. Right? Know? There and is yeah, no like it, stay true to the comics because it could be yeah. any number of things. I think small or Supergirl rides the line of being annoyingly positive. <laughs> where no, it crosses the yeah. line and does not look back. Yeah, in the way that Arrow is like <laughs> dark with like every once in a while. Oliver Queen stands up on top of a car and is like, yeah, you have not failed this city. You can save this city. Supergirl is the 100% opposite where everything is like, we must do good. We are good. Right. You know, saccharine sweet. Let me tell you a positive thing to right. save you in this moment of this fight. To they the point that it feels all the false. time, all the time. Right. And then every once in a while, they'll have like, ooh, really dark moments. Yeah. And for me, that balance is going to need to shift. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but I feel like, I also feel like this show was really showing its age because it's one, you know, this it's, is it's a little it's, baby. It's show. a baby show. This yeah. is its first season. I just felt like there was so much promise with all the character interactions. It, it, it's, and yes, it's a lot of promise. Just the story itself has so much promise. Yeah. And I'm just really stoked. I think I was most excited about Supergirl because I'm stoked to see where it goes. Yeah. Less than less than like the individual episode by episode show was great. Right. Cause it wasn't, it was good. But I was really excited by the show as a whole. Yeah. And I, but I will say that, like, story wise, I really enjoyed the first half with, um, with Kara's aunt as the villain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when she dies and is replaced by she's another Kryptonian. So, yeah. That's the other thing that this has, like, a bunch of super powered Kryptonians on Earth. Yeah. When she's replaced by Nan, her lover. Right. Um, I, I, I didn't like that. I wasn't as compelled by that story. I wasn't as drawn in anymore. Allura. Allura, is that the... That's the aunt, I think. The aunt, is that right? I don't remember. Um, Astra. Astra, right. Allura's is her mother, and Astra's her yeah. aunt. Who a- are twins, Allura yes. and Astra, right? Yeah. yeah. So very super... All, I mean, it is a very Superman universe. I mean, super, yeah. I hate to keep saying Superman. The show is Supergirl, but clearly Supergirl is an offshoot of right. Superman, which they also have to keep addressing in the show itself <laughs> and they keep saying like the big guy or the whatever big guy right yeah. right and like why doesn't your cousin just fix this and to the point where he's actually on screen and you only see his feet yes and then texting he yeah. texts with her i love the texting yeah. i love it and i know that they hire an actor and he will be in season two in episode one because i saw the picture oh did you recognize um, the actor no oh well can i tell you who the actor is yeah uh i if i'm not mistaken he's the guy who's the asshole who gets murdered slash self-defense murdered in the first episode of uh uh the space show the um another life oh the the captain is that him yeah the the one that that starbuck has to kill because yeah the mutiny yeah wait stop and save i want to see if that's him (laughs) okay we're back we're back um we did a little fact checking tyler hoshlin that is him okay so the guy who plays superman on supergirl next season was the asshole captain on the first episode of another life yeah who mutinied who mutinied i didn't recognize so good actor because spoiler alert superman is a nice guy (laughs) yeah he plays him as a very nice guy yeah (laughs) um 
so this show was really similar to Smallville in a lot of ways because like the uh, the base story of like uh, a young person trying to make it in the big city right. who is also a super person right. is exactly the same, yeah. obviously. Well, super girl, um, super boy. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of similarity and there's a part of me that's like seen this before and doesn't need to see it again. Yes. But yeah. that's only when they do the Monster of the Week stuff. When they do right. like the... The character building and the arc building, yep. um, all that I, I'm really interested in. Yep. And just the fact that it's a woman is so refreshing. And it's that just ad- so great. And that they address it. Because that's that's the interesting thing where I think Arrow starts to do a much better job of having more diversity and representation within the show itself, you know? Yeah. But they still, like, Curtis never says anything about what it's like to be a gay black man working in uh, the tech field that is dominated primarily by straight white bros. You know what I mean? <laughs> Never comes up once, yeah. but he's just there, you know, which is great, but it doesn't also address it where Supergirl again does start to address the reality of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we've, t- we've talked about this before where sometimes not addressing it can be the right call can be like the best thing to do. Cause you're just showing a positive representation. Yeah. Having both is, I think having yeah. both is good. Having both is great. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't address it, all the time, then people don't understand what you're doing right, in a way. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, and some sometimes you have to address it. And yeah. yeah, Supergirl definitely rode that line in a really nice way, both for being a woman and for being a person of color, which was exciting. Yeah. Oh, and Jimmy, do we mention that Jimmy Olsen is cast as a as a black man as well, which yeah. is not something I believe had existed in the comics. So this is their first take right. on that, and I think it's great. I, mean, I think it's I think yeah, it the works. actor's great. My only issue is that. He's James instead of Jimmy. It's well, like because he's, he's grown up. Well, no, well, yeah. I mean, he's like the grown up version of Jimmy Olsen, like right. the more serious version of right. Jimmy Olsen. But we don't see really any of the young Jimmy Olsen yes. that we cub reporter that we've known right. in the comics all the years. It's like the guy, just who, the name. Yeah, the guy who like wore a bow tie. Right. Like, we don't see any of that character he's in not, James. He's not a nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, which is okay. It's not. But I. I just I would love to see a flashback episode where he is that character. Yeah, that's fine. I would love that. That's that would fair. just really do it for me. I did like you lo- don't have to give me everything at once, but I want to at least know that it is in some ways the same character. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And this is it's not. It basically feels like nope, this is its own yeah. new version of Jimmy Olsen. Which for me has nothing to do with the with the race of the character because for some people they complain about that and I hate that so I just want to say nothing to do with the race right because there's nothing about Jimmy Olsen where he needs to be a white character exactly yeah this is like a characterization like if the guy who plays Curtis played Jimmy Olsen I would be like oh my god that's perfect casting you know what I mean because he would be so much like the Jimmy Olsen that we've come to know but he also is being set up as a romantic interest for Kara so I think that's another reason he has to be James the adult yeah 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 so and there's also win which is her best is, friend who's uh, in love with her i like her. win but his character is so creepy and gross yeah it's so awful so tone deaf and i love the actor and i love He's the performance great. yeah and i think that that character is going to be great mm-hmm. but i feel like they should let that character be gay and i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why they no, don't i actually like him as being straight and and being in love with Kara. i but, hated but that. they make it so he's so creepy about it in a way that doesn't get addressed explicitly and then even jimmy olsen they show him kind of getting roped into this like dick swinging competition between each other for supergirl's affection right. and i know? didn't like that either no this is why i would want these, the char- are, the, these are when we say like I, we zoom into the details right this is why I, I want that character to be gay because i think that the 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 trio 
because they are the core trio. Yeah, James. If um, he had a crush Wynn on and James, Supergirl, if Win had a crush on James because he was gay, and that they they could play that in a way that also wasn't cringy, right? Then I think that would be an interesting dynamic. I, just like them having this weird bro off was not interesting to me. Yeah. Whereas him being jealous because he's taking her best friend's attention away, right? T- taking his best. Taking his best friend's attention away. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I think that would have been a more interesting story. I yeah. feel like if you flip that one character trait, you yeah. could have had like fixed a lot of the flaws. I would have of no problem. One. I, yeah, yeah, I should say I would have no problem recasting Win as gay or yeah. rewriting but the same that actor. Role. Even like I yeah. think, yeah, just I for some reason I the whole season long I'm just like I wish that this character was gay, and yeah. I don't know why. Or, I was or if they had addressed the creepy straight behavior you know right because it was just awful but just having it presented to the unaddressed is is gross yeah i i did not like that storyline at all but i did love when he kind of came back into the fold yeah 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 they, they again yeah supergirl the great structure it has great promise you know yeah yeah and i do love the actor and I, it's the type of thing where it's more important to me that the story go in a direction that i like yeah than it than the groundwork for the story be fully structurally sound because it's not and that's okay it's okay yeah Yeah. in this case that doesn't bother me it's It's just something that people should be aware of if they're going to jump into this i believe that it does get better i think personally um i don't think it has anything to do with superman coming into the next season yeah uh but i do think that they start to you know they find their legs it's this is a baby show season season, one it's cw on season two right for the rest of its run, yeah. Yeah. Because so, it's up to season four now. Yeah, and it feels like it wants to be on the CW. It needs sure. to be, right. It just, it, it's it's totally everything about it, you know. It's But I think it was those, the creative team behind Arrowverse was asked to make a Supergirl show, I think, if I'm following the logic. For, for, for CBS. CBS. That's right. But yeah. they're making a CW show and it's, you know, it right. doesn't quite fit. It's like they're working with... Maybe they're working with a different crew or something, or like the oh, one thing is that it's filmed in L.A. and so that's right, and it's, so you, it's a totally different crew. Yeah, you you can feel right L.A. right permeating like National yeah. City is L.A. for sure. And then in season two, they go to the CW. Also, they go to Canada to film, <laughs> and you can feel it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to check that out. Yeah. That was also kind of a breath, breath of fresh air in watching all of these together was having this show that had a really different palette because it right. was filmed in a different city. Yeah, and it is interesting because Supergirl is clearly the only hero pretty much besides Superman. Yeah. Right, there's no other... There's like the villains from Fort Ross, the crashed prison, uh-huh. but there's no... There aren't other metahumans in this world that we ever see. Yeah, except for the Flash who pops right. in for Speaking one episode. Speaking of the crossover. And it, it, you're right, it is utterly bizarre. Because it comes out of nowhere... And, right, and it's and they obviously can't talk about what happened on the CBS on the CW because the the way that they cross Barry over is that he like runs out of the middle of an episode. Right, he's in the middle of an episode at the very end. Um, he's uh, running fast. He's running fast, and then he like hits a portal. Yeah, he like goes so fast that he creates a portal into another dimension, to another network. Right, which and then he pops up in Supergirl. Right, and then. Has an adventure, and then at the beginning of the next episode of The Flash, um, he's like, "Woo, that was just, crazy!" Like, pops back in, and they're like, "And he's like, that was like this long. I thought it was days." And like, "No, you've been gone for three seconds." And he's like, "Wow, wow!" And that's it. They, yeah, boy, <laughs> did I have an adventure. He doesn't mention that he had an adventure at all. I like, met nothing. an alien from another world who could crack our planet in half, you guys. She breathes cold. She has laser eyes. She can fly. It's fucking bananas. And a bunch of her family lives there. Yeah. This planet is messed up. Yeah, and he doesn't mention it at Not all. Not at all. Oh, yeah. and none of you have doppelgangers. <laughs> yeah, and 
and it really drove me crazy. Yeah. But I assumed it was be- it was because they couldn't. They couldn't. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, it wouldn't make sense. It would make it harder on the CW show. Yeah. On the CBS show. Like. But there was one other tiny crossover which I loved, which was when Barry was going to the alternate universe. Uh, and he was seeing visions of oh, different universes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. sees Supergirl, and that's that happens on the CW yeah, if side. You, if you watch earlier ones, even in season one, when Barry's doing the like going through the things and the stuff flashes by, they show you Caitlin Snow season two, uh, the uh, Killer Frost. Uh-huh. Like sh- you, Killer you Frost. Told me that I missed that, but one. you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do all that. They do a lot of I that. Love that kind of yeah. stuff. But yeah, but so we did see a glimpse of Supergirl right. on the CW. Right. So it. So she's on like Earth, thirty-eight, three or something. It's thirty-eight. Oh, sorry. It's spoiler. No, alert. that's fine. I yeah. don't need spoiler. Alert. It's yeah, Earth. That's fine. They eventually clarify it. Good. Uh, they're all over the. They've at times mentioned that there's infinite Earths. Yeah. And at times they've mentioned there are 52 Earths. Right. So uh, there's a little bit to a lot. Right. <laughs> and then later, later on, I don't even know if they mentioned in show or not, but that Kara comes from Earth 38. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine because I need to have a number to put to it. Because so far we've we seen didn't Earth even talk 1 about, and Earth 2. We didn't even talk about the episode where they go to Earth 2 on the Flash, which oh, was really fun. Love the love the aesthetics of Earth 2. It's a yeah. very art deco. It's like old comic books. Yeah. yeah. Which is such like a great the, choice. It's the 40s but the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love that weird anachronistic shit. I love yeah. it. It was so cool. Yeah, at its best when Flash does the multiverse stuff, they show different Earths as yeah. being like, hmm, interesting, but kind of tweaked, you know? Yeah. And using like Jay Garrick's comics as inspiration for, because he was the first Flash. Right. As inspiration for how uh, Earth 2 was going to look, I thought was really genius. Yeah. I thought yep, it was yep, so yep. cool. Yep. It was a good, a good um, touch. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. There. So yeah, so the crossover is is weird yeah and but still fun like, right. like i love we said, there was Barry another crossover a, a true arrowverse crossover mm-hmm. with arrow and oh and hawkman and hawk right, girl that's right which we said that's like the i got s- sidetracked forever ago but i was going to tell you that i loved the vandal savage story and the crossover yes and they complete it and then they start another show and say oh we're going to tell that story again again but we're going to make for the whole season and yeah exactly yeah. and that was the story momentum issue for me in, i i'm okay in that with, i'm okay with that because it also feels like this is what we want to do we're going to do a side pilot in here but what if it doesn't get picked up what if what if they don't make legends of tomorrow what if what if they only make the pilot and they never air it so yeah. we still want to tell a complete story within our series you know yeah that makes so sense I, i'm okay with that you know yeah. it's like you've seen the the short and then they later on turn the short into a feature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just something about Vandal Savage being the bad guy in that and then in the rest of the season. Right. Um, just deflated the idea of having to defeat him to me. Cause it, right. You already did. It's you like, you already did. Him. Oh, but you didn't. You did it the wrong way. Right. So, I don't know. But yeah. which they then wove into the rest of that season. So, right. it does make sense. But I don't know why that. I don't know why that stuck with me. Yeah. I think the crossovers get better. Hmm. Uh, I love the crossover though. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah, and then then yeah, we'll talk about the other crossovers when yeah. we get to them. I guess it was also the casting thing because I'm like, well, I was a little disappointed with the Carter Hall casting, <sighs> yeah. and now this you're is, telling me that we're going to talk about Carter Hall again. We're now going to tell a whole other season about Carter Hall. I'm okay, like, great. I'm going to give a good kind of spoiler alert. To my memory, that chode never shows up ever again. <laughs> okay, in the rest of it, to the detriment, I don't think Kendra shows up either. And I did like, I did she, like, oh, a, I, no, Kendra's still in it. I think. No, I think she's done. Really? She, I, I thought I, I thought I saw a Netflix tomorrow? 
something of a different season that I haven't seen that had Kendra in it. Oh, maybe she's in Legends of Tomorrow season two. So my memory's not as okay, but Carter Hall's gone as far as I know. Okay, good. But I did like the yeah that Kendra was like a barista on Flash. Yeah, then, I love that. Then she's a hot girl on. Oh, uh, she was great on Flash. Yeah, I liked her more on Flash. Yeah, I liked all of the characters more on the show they came from. I liked Ray Palmer yeah. more on Arrow. Oh, I liked so, Sarah Lance more on Arrow. This reminds me that's we had sort but of. But I did like Captain Cold more on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, interesting. And um, Rory, Rory. Yeah, also I, funny because it's Rory. Oh yeah, Rory. I didn't put that together. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, Mick Rory, who's the uh, Heat Wave. Heat Wave. Yeah. I I'm like, why is he a main character on this show? He's so uninteresting. Right. But he's great. But the my favorite story beat of the whole season was him being Kronos. Yeah. And fucking tastic. And I knew I that he, the time cop that's been hunting them is them. It surprised me when I first watched it. So this time I in the rewatch I know that as soon as Kronos shows up I know it's him, and it's. You can hear him. It's that same actor doing Kronos's voice. Oh my it's not, god! They don't cheat it. Oh, that's they just great. have it. They just have it yes. coming through a modulated thing. Oh, that's so good. You can totally hear. It. Just in the same way that once you know it's John Wesley Ship as Jay in the cage, when you uh-huh. see him in the mask, you can, physicality. You're like, yeah, I can. That's him. You can yeah. see it in the way he moves. I was like, in that cage, there's going to be either another Jay Garrick who is like Hunter Zolomon, right. Jay Garrick, or another Harrison Wells. I was like, it's gonna be. They're gonna kill Harrison Wells and get a third Harrison Wells for season three. That's my guess. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, just you wait. But oh, great! There's a third Harrison (laughs) Wells, isn't there? There's either fifty (laughs) two or an infinite number of Harrison Wells. So uh, this that's is the weirdest sounding laugh I've ever made. I bring out the best in you. Thank you. We had started talking about it last episode, last podcast episode. I had sort of said like, how many, how much spoilers? What's your spoiler level? And it was in regards to Ray Palmer, because we were saying, like, Ray Palmer is kind of a dick, like the way he treats Felicity and the whole, like, being attracted to her, but also, like, I'm going to buy your company, so you have to spend time with me. Right. But then when we get to Legends of Tomorrow, he's just like, I'm a goofy dude, just being a goof, you know? He's like a whiny goof. A whiny goof. On Legends of Tomorrow. It's really in, like... It's just so I wanted to say that to you when we we're talking about him, like yeah. how some characters like have huge transformations, you know? Yeah, and that that was one that felt weird to me because yeah, it felt like a different character because I don't think they could make it work, you know, with him being because part of him is just like I'm a rich, you know, playboy, whatever. Now it's like, well, now I'm traveling through time and I got, you know, there's I don't have motivations really. Yeah, I do. I do wish that he had been more like the character on Arrow. It would have been. I, I just liked him so much on Arrow, and I recognized that he was a bit of a creep, but right. I think he meant well, and that's why he was so endearing. I like the role that he fills on Legends of Tomorrow of being the, the as Rory calls him, haircut. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, he's the Boy Scout. He's the, like, yeah. I'm the nice guy. I'm the I'm lawful good, and we're doing good because it's right. good to be good. But he's also, it seems like he doesn't trust his abilities, and people don't trust him yeah. to be able to get the job done. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because he's the unproven person, really. Yeah. He just has a suit that he's been using. Yeah. And he fucked it up. He left his he but, left a piece of a suit in time. Anyways. Yeah, totally. But I love the version of him who was just, like, wanted to help so much that he did this crazy thing, right. built this crazy suit. Yeah, and fair. the people around him were like, you're going to get yourself killed, but this is cute. You yeah. know, like <laughs> go for it. Good job, but you're going <laughs> to die probably. And I, th- that interaction and the dynamic was so fun. And I, I really missed that when it was gone. And Rory is interesting heat wave because they didn't change him so much to be right. on Legends. like, he stayed like, 
uh, no, what I want to do is I want to live in this fucked up future. Yeah, he's like monosyllabic. Yeah. And I want to live in the, where it's like the crime takes over, like, right. like leave me here. And I'm just going to like drink and rob yes. and burn stuff and down. And it was just so annoying. I'm like, uh, I've seen this so many times, but then he becomes Kronos yeah. and comes back a thousand years After, older. Like, yeah. Being tortured and, yeah. and trained and, and now is like super conversant on the time mechanics of yes. this world. Oh, and yeah. And just dark. Yeah. And, but has seen enough darkness to recognize that if there is light to be found, you should take it. Yeah. Which is a totally different person right, than he, he was be, before. He, right. He's become like weirdly nihilistic, but like semi-positive nihilistic, you know? And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I Great love that they character don't, development. That's one of my favorite things there is they don't cheat that. They could right. have after like, right, right, oh, right. he's Kronos. And then we kill Kronos. And then we go back and we save the other Rory. We get our lovable lug back. No, they get the guy who was tortured and forced to hunt them down. You yeah. Know? Oh, I and love who, it. I love it. Who, by his own admission, wanted to hunt them down and kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think that, like, that's that's an example of why I love science fiction, is that you can take a character and played by the same actor and throw them forward, like, a hundred years or whatever in their own timeline and have the character be different right. and explore the difference that time can cause in a human life mm-hmm. and, like, how people can grow and learn and examine that in real time. They kind and of that's do, fascinating to me. And they do that with the future Arrow. That's another thing we haven't talked about. Like, oh, I love that so right, much! Right, right. When, the, yeah, they go to Star, Star City, City 26... 2040, 20 something. 2068. Yeah. 2068. 2068. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. That that episode was awesome. So good. Yeah, it was and so good. That's an example of the best of what that show does. Of Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, like that is exciting because then it's it's almost like supplementary material right. to the other shows. Yes. But like a what if story. Yes. Which yeah. is made by the same cast and crew. I mean, right. that's so cool. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it it's shows this future beautiful. star city, but it's the Oliver Queen from the comic books. Who's lost his arm. Lost who has the goatee. Yep. He looks exactly like the Frank Miller, the, the Frank Miller, dark, Knight, uh, dark Knight, dark Knight, Oliver yeah. Queen. He yeah. looks exactly like him. Yeah. It's so and good. It's beyond good. Yeah. It's and so fucking good. Cause we were talking about this, how like, this is not the Oliver Queen from the comics. Right. But the show's like, guess what? Guess what? We can do that too. Yeah. And they just do it. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's pitch perfect. And the Fucking character who's it. John Diggle's son, uh-huh. who wants to Connor go Connor Hawk. Right. That Connor Hawk is a DC character who, who is like, like a future. Yeah. He's like a future Green Arrow. Yeah. But I love yeah. that that's a, that's a way of like, we could introduce Connor Hawk or now it's actually John Diggle's son and his name is Connor Hawk. Right. He chooses. Like, right. That's a great, like. I love that. It's a, it's, this is Arrowverse at its best with mining DC universe and shuffling the deck a little bit to make things you know the way they want it for the show yeah because then you can tell a new story a fresh story that will satisfy the old fans but also surprise them have those yeah surprise them and and then you don't need the information if you're a new fan it's really brilliant i mean it's a really brilliant way to go yeah i really like that so this is and i know that you're and i'm not trying to change your mind these are the things that yeah are why i like legends of tomorrow despite its flaws totally. because i also from my point of view those high points happen more and more often oh so good. it gives me a favorable nice. view for the show well that's exciting that's really exciting because that for me was like um, probably the high point of the whole year of yeah. arrowverse was on legends of tomorrow yeah 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 so yeah. Uh, yeah so it just because yeah, and also i look at shows as like a year-to-year thing mm-hmm. and like arrowverse in particular, I'm really interested in long-form storytelling. I'm really interested in serialized storytelling. And I really like to look at the arc of a whole season. Right. I think that's fascinating. Like, did they tell... Because, you know, shows didn't used to do this. Right. So now that we have this, it's a fun thing to analyze. Yeah. And uh, that's my 
my highest metric, I think, for a show like this is was the season arc um, something that I was really excited about. Right, right. And Arrow is hitting that mark almost all the time. Yeah. And Supergirl hit that mark for me. Yeah. The Flash did not. Yep. And Legends of Tomorrow did not. Yep. But I'd say there were individual episodes of Legends of Tomorrow and Flash that I liked the most. That were so good, yeah. Of, of all of it. Yeah. Um, so if you're just looking at like what episode to watch for the most entertainment value, watch Star City 2068 or whatever year right, it was. Right, 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 2063, right. 2063, I don't remember. Like that's the best episode of the whole year. Yeah. Uh, but, it's, but for me personally, in my own grading scale, that's not how I grade yeah. these things. I, like, I'm looking for the whole arc. And Supergirl, I... I I like Supergirl, but I like what Supergirl becomes. Right. Um. So I I like it as it gets more enmeshed into the CW universe. Uh. So I think I like Legends of Tomorrow more than I like Supergirl out of this batch. Yeah. But Supergirl has one of the my favorite moments of this year when uh, Kara is fighting the Red Tornado, and she does the thing where she unleashes uh the her her eye beam heat power uh-huh. but she's also like screaming like um she's releasing her rage at that moment oh uh, yeah i remember that vividly the, yeah and then they're like they the they're turning the sound down but that had also been the through line in the kara story was about uh, the inability to be able to express your anger, you know, uh-huh. and then that was Jimmy Olsen's line of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black man living in this country. Like I'm not allowed to be angry. I can't be an angry person. So hmm. yeah, it was yeah. just, I thought that was a great, just a great moment in the show. Yeah. Supergirl had a lot of those moments. I, th- I think the most of any of the four shows it has the most it really tries to have heart yeah it does it has a lot of heart yeah and i appreciate that right which Which is why hokey (laughs) yeah it can feel saccharine sometimes but i'm okay with that because i like you know you're giving an example of this man in in john jones who lost his family his world his people and then made positive choices with the future that he was given right and if 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 you're the type of person who's been through some sort of tragedy and tried to make sense of it like one of the ways that you can do it is through positivity and yeah. having examples of that is really important, I think. Yep. So even though that story can get a little saccharine sometimes and a little overly melodramatic, that's never going to bother me because I, because the story itself was in my mind worth telling yep. and positive and beautifully done because of that. And I feel like you can feel when a creator is like saying something because they think it's important. Right. And if I, as a viewer feel like it's important, then I feel like I'm in tune with the show and that just feels like a beautiful thing yeah. where you're like a part of something that other people are in tune with and enjoying. And like in that way, having similar opinions is feels like really good. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. But the other but the opposite side of that, why I love talking to you is that like your differing opinions fascinate me because uh, they're so different. <laughs> right, and, right, right. And it's just fun, you know, like it's I feel like I get to know you better by understanding how you perceive the thing that I perceive differently. Right, right, right. Which That's I think fair. is super worthwhile. And also. hopefully the audience as well. Yeah. They probably have discussions with themselves like, are you a Jesse or are you a Doug? Uh, well, if you disagree with us or have a third opinion, I would love to bring Please it to Doug's attention. Share it. Yeah. Email me, sci fi at jessemercury.com. That mm-hmm. is always an option. I, I do hear from people sometimes that they want to 
like they listen to the podcast and they're like, oh man, I just wanted to say this thing. I'm right. like, you can, you yeah, can you write can, to me and you can, can say it. Yeah. Like you can, like, and we'll people, talk about it. The people that were screaming, Alex Ross, Alex Ross, when I was vaguely trying to describe <laughs> the photorealistic comic book. Artist. Yes. Um, Man, what? Let's see. What? Do, I'm sure we've missed some things. We're hitting well. Yeah, there's two hours, a, fifteen minutes. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up just out of kindness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's of, a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're at the point things. where there's too much to cover. Right. So we're just kind of hitting the things that stood out the most to us. Broad yeah. strokes. We sometimes like when we'll talk about the next year. I'll remember like, oh right, that's something from before. Like Huntress, who we missed, and then oh wanted right, to talk about totally. It again. Yeah, I will say that as much as I love the superhero stuff. I feel like it's an aspect of my sci-fi fandom and I want to keep it that on this podcast yeah. where I want it I want this podcast to focus I it's not going to be a sci-fi superhero podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the sci-fi superhero stuff is trickling into the podcast, but sure. it is a sci-fi podcast. It's a sci-fi podcast. And now that we have the space news, it's also a, a sci-fact podcast. Sci-fact. <laughs> um I'm loving the space news. Yeah. It's like it, it's not I, I love listening back to that because these are things that I'm learning also as we're like reading them so it's exciting for me on a couple of levels I nice. like it um, yeah I, I'm sure that there's more that we haven't talked about yep, but it's fine but if there's things that again if there's things you want to know or want to hear us talk about any questions you can write to us comments, and we'll talk about spoilers. it that's how it works <laughs> yeah man we did it we did it everyone and, should get going on year five if they haven't already yeah because you know we'll eventually bring that to you yeah and when does black lightning come into the picture that's a good question is that year five i think it is year five no maybe year six i feel like black lightning just did season two okay and arrow just did season seven okay so i think that's well i hope i will say that this as a tv watching project this is getting out of hand well it's gonna get more bananas because batwoman is coming soon but arrow's ending arrow's right so that could but I don't know if next season is it peak where like we get Arrow season eight last season, first season of Batwoman and well Black Lightning and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. So that's Flash. like six shows at once. Yeah, which is how many episodes are in a year? It's too They're many. They're doing like twenty stuff. I mean, yeah. they do full, which is I think bananas for the Arrowverse. I think it could definitely handle doing like thirteen episode seasons. Yeah. You know, or twenty max. You know. Like, I really like when they do focus down 13, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like Arrow is pulling off the long runs really well. Yeah, it's crazy that they're doing yeah. that. That's, Whereas, like, Flash and Legends Tomorrow Flash and Supergirl bit, Flash all gets, could have used a few less right. episodes. And Flash gets repetitive in a way, like, yeah, 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 we get it. You've covered that. Like, get to the end, you know? Yeah. Legends Tomorrow smartly does short seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Because there's too much. The last season of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the most recent season, was like 13 episodes. Nice. Or, so it's, yeah, it's getting yeah, get it. Yeah, I, I do prefer quality over quantity, yep. unless it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then um, we go for three hours. Yeah. Well, so it, it'll definitely be a few weeks. You were going we to some time. We got a lot of TV to watch. Yeah. And uh, I've been, my health has been better, so I've been much more active, which gives me a lot less TV watching time. Yep. Um, which is good which is good that's a good thing but it's probably going to mean that it's going to be a bit before yeah. we're back with more Arrowverse right we could bring probably, in, probably bring like a couple chunks. probably like a couple months yeah. before it comes back it's going to be a while but it'll be back and it'll we'll be, be talking back. about year five of Arrowverse <laughs> which is may, wait what, I'm going to pull up my list and see if this includes what, what this includes for year five hold on one sec 
Okay, we're back. <laughs> okay, so year five of Arrowverse is Arrow Season 5, The Flash Season 3, Legends of Tomorrow Season 2, and Supergirl Season 2. So confirmed, no Black Lightning yeah. in, season, in year five. Year five, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm stoked. I'm, right. I'm excited to see where everything goes. I will say that there were moments in this season where I questioned whether or not I could do this. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is too much TV at once. It's too much. But yeah. I made it, and this was super fun. So, it's a weird project. So back, back into it we go. Let's yep. do it. All right. We've got to stop recording so we can go watch TV. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time, stay nerdy out there. Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash jessemercurysci-fi. If you love this podcast, help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!